sit back and get ready to have the most fun you ever have with an electronic device. And just talk about a, a just played the game, never heard anything out of him. I'm not sure I've ever heard him talk, but uh, I'm sure he has. Yeah. So the first mute ride receiver on the list. There you go. Everybody, welcome out to the log room. It is Wednesday, January thirteenth, two thousand twenty-one. Jersey Johnny coming at you, and with me as always is Mr. Radio Pete and Mr. Harry Lugnut. Say hello, guys. Hello, guys and gals and hello, anyone in between. Hello, guys. Hey, everybody. Hello, go. guys. We're at it again. We are at it. Back at it once again. How was yeah. uh, How was your weekend, uh, you guys, and and the beginning of your week, for that matter? Um, fantastic. Fan friggin' tastic. Can't remember week, what week, I did. Week, weekend, week beginnings, weekends were made for Michelob. I, I, I don't know. It was fine. It's three games a day. Each of the weekend days just too much. Uh, no, no, I don't think so. They were all. They weren't all. Most of them were very good games. Most, yeah, yeah. What if it was every so. week though? Every week, no. like I had to get up at like I normally get up very early for work, maybe around four thirty or so. I had to get up at like quarter after five to get everything done before the football started because I knew I was going to be engaged for a good nine to 12 hours. True. Think True. about if they start two hours before that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was one to 11 mm. for us. It's 11 to nine for uh, Harry over there. Yeah. I don't, I, I'll be honest. I don't watch all of it. It's just too much, but what? I can't sit there for Every nine. Every single minute. I Twelve was hours. Gro- glued to the TV. I was grued. I was, I was, I was grued. I was grued yeah. to the TV. While I was flipping back and forth, I had the games working on the uh, sure the Super Nintendo system. Gotcha. So uh, we'd get to halftime of the game, and then I'd flip to the Super Nintendo system and see how that played out. And gotcha. Surprisingly, it didn't turn out at all like the real life. No, totally different, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of things that uh, we probably thought were going to turn out uh, uh, slightly different. I mean, four. We'll, we'll get to them when we get to the uh, when we get to the uh, games from uh, over the weekend. But four of the uh, six uh, road uh, road teams won. So, who would have known? Kind of yeah. crazy. Kind of crazy. And uh, you know, we ended up tied once again, Harry. Once, once again, <laughs> I had I got a I, one of my. Uh, Upset calls was right, and then the other was wrong, so we're right back where we started. Back and forth, back and forth. Yes, it's a, it's 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 like the race for the NFC East title. It's uh, <laughs> it's hard to watch, and no one really cares. Yeah, yeah. Some <laughs> of the teams don't either. As, Although as... our record's much better. I mean, our percentages <laughs> would be yeah. we'd, we'd be way out in front. Yeah, well, it's, it's hard to watch. Nobody cares, and ultimately, whoever wins just gets a beatdown. Exactly. Right. So it doesn't matter. That's all, 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 all you. It's all futile. Although that game wasn't uh, wasn't a blowout, you know. It no. wasn't. No. It wasn't. It wasn't. Um, before we get to the games, um, Doug Peterson got fired yesterday or Monday, yeah. actually. So yeah, another this, re- uh, another reason why uh, he might have done done what he done is because he wants the Jets job. And did he do it? In pur- did he do it on purpose? Well, he I want, he wants the Jets job after. The, uh, I, I I just don't understand Philadelphia at all. <laughs> 
it's like he he won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. And not a long time ago either. No. No. And I'm going to leave there to go coach the Jets. Right. Right. And and what I'm going to do is in the process what I'm going to do the things I'm going to do that's going to solidify my firing. I'm going to aggravate a bunch of fans that play in, that visit a team that play in the same stadium as the team I want to go to. So. Yeah, but he didn't. Well, you know. I, I assume that because he did what he did and he took the heat for it and just so obviously lied on what we all thought and said, oh, yeah, we were trying to win. The, I was coaching to win the game. I thought he must have had some sort of assurance or at least felt fairly secure in his job. Right. Right. Because why would you do that if you. But maybe he didn't. Maybe he says, "Hey, I make I got a chance to reunite with uh, Hugh Douglas. Uh, they don't have, at least right now, as big a quarterback controversy as they do necessarily in Philadelphia. Right. Not yet. Not unless but, but I mean, right? No, not yet. But but it it's a lot to gamble. Uh, but you know that could be reason number three. Maybe it was I mean, for the draft picks. Maybe it's because he didn't want Jalen Hurts to." I mean, to win the game, and maybe he thought he could get the Jets. You're, you're a Jets, you're a Jets fan, and and John lives with one. What are your thoughts of Doug Peterson being the coach of the Jets? I don't think so. I don't think. I, you know what? He hasn't even he hasn't even confirmed, as far as I know, uh, that, he's story. He <laughs> that he's fired. That he's fired. He's not leaving. He's refusing he's to leave. He's, he's got to challenge. Got to challenge the results. Challenge and he's going to sit in his office until they drag him out. Right. Of no, no. Yeah. no, he's not even. Uh, unless something popped today that I didn't say, he's not even uh, confirming that he actually wants to uh, coach next year. Like you might, you know, do like a Mike McCarthy take a year off kind of thing. You know, um, uh, you know. You know, uh, I, I heard, meditate for a while and uh, yeah, right. let everything marinate. And yeah, decide that it, you know, right, sit around and then wait for a better opportunity. And a wait, month, yeah, wait, wait for a, a better one later that he wants to come back. He, sure, I heard some guys saying, "Listen, Peterson's going to the playoffs. Whatever, two out of the three years or whatever, he won a Super Bowl and this and that, and he's a pretty good coach." And blah blah blah. Well, there's one problem that I can see. Mm-hmm. He still did what he did. Yeah. There's, there's, you know. There's, there's an integrity issue there. And for whatever the reason is, and, and maybe we'll never know for right. sure, he did it. That was a line that he was willing to cross to sell out his players, whether it was for a draft pick, whether it was to protect Carson Wentz, whether it came down, as I think we all probably think it came down from, from up above, but whether it did or not, whether it was because he wanted to get fired and wanted the Jets job, doesn't matter. He was willing to cross that line, right? And I don't want that guy as uh, the coach of my team, unless it, unless it was something that happened, like you know, it was just everything being a coincidence. Um, you know, it was it was something that uh, came down from the powers to be above him. He took the rap for it and right, but figured again, that they you, could skate by but with you, all the players. If you were going well, to we do that, you have to have some guys. kind of assurance that you weren't going to get fired, which means that and it, either and if that you, never happened or Philly, the ownership, said, yeah, don't worry about it. You're our guy, and right. then stabbed him in the back. And right. if you were going to do it, you would have started what's-his-name in the beginning of the game and not changed yeah, quarterbacks were, in the fourth I mean, many It was just a weird yeah. thing. Who the hell knows? Yeah. Honestly, I don't care. Doesn't really matter when it comes down to it, and you know if we're if we're speaking about the Jets and that job. I mean, yeah, you can say that's the direct line. Maybe it all happened. Maybe it was a coincidence. Maybe it was intentional on a lot of on a lot of fronts. But um, you know, the the direct line there is obviously Joe Douglas, right? Yeah. But 
the Jets seem to be zeroing in, at least over the last several days, on uh, 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Sala. Yeah. And they brought, they, they brought him in for a second interview, and he's obviously a highly touted guy. He's been interviewed in a bunch of places. He interviewed with Detroit, Jacksonville, Atlanta, the Chargers, and the Jets. And Philly requested an interview with him uh, yesterday. So Now, has and, he had the second interview? I believe the second interview was today. I'm not, don't call okay. me on that. I believe it was today. Yeah. Um, so, Philly, so if didn't, he, Philly didn't get an interview yesterday. They requested an interview. If he's yesterday actually the guy, then then – they should be in talks of signing him now. If you're bringing well, they, a guy in for the second interview, right? If he's, you you assume you would think sure. that they're actually interested in him, and unless he comes in and says something that turns them off, right? You should be now trying to sign him. Unless the unless the uh, interview is tomorrow, the the uh, chatter that I heard was that if they really feel during the interview of Joe Douglas and and the Johnsons and all feel that he is indeed the guy, they weren't going to let him leave the office without signing. No, why would you? If you think he's the guy, why would right. you? You got exactly. six other teams that want to talk to him. Exactly. So, exactly. I don't know. But they're the Jets. Right. So, this is one of those things that they have to do right. And one of the things that us Jets fans don't have much confidence in them doing right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is true. Well, they, they haven't are... screwed it up yet. So, they, this is true. I mean, but at the end of the day, they are still. The, the Jets. Jets. Right. So, the Jets. We'll see what happens. We'll see how that plays out. Let me ask you this. Switch gears really quick on the Jets. Um, who are they taking? And I know we have three months to talk about this, but uh, the re- I'm only asking this because there's been so much talk uh, otherwise. Uh, the offensive tackle from Oregon, uh, Sewell. I mean, he's touted as the best offensive tackle in years, and he really should. There shouldn't be any reason why they don't take him. Hasn't, hasn't played in over a year, but yeah. Right. But um, – Whatchamacallit. Now now everybody's saying after Monday's game, and we'll talk about the national championship later on in the in the podcast, but uh now everybody's saying maybe they maybe the Jets should just bite the bullet and, and take Devonta Smith uh at at two. What's your thoughts on that? Either Well, gosh, is everybody loving is everybody loving fields just as much as they were? No, of course not. After uh, after the hey, Al- Alabama or Alabama's quarterback looked pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, they did. Yeah, which well, listen. The hype is now about that. Oh, is this the greatest? Uh, is he the greatest uh, coach uh, in college football history, or perhaps sure. football history? Saban, and is this the greatest college football team we've ever seen? And Justin Fields is like, well, somebody's going to take me, right? And somebody will. Somebody's going to take. Yeah, he'll go in the first round. But you know, like I said earlier, go you know go look at the. You, Justin Fields has been certainly by far more. Good than bad, of course. Sure. That's 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 an understatement. He's been more great than bad, right. but uh, he has laid an egg in a couple of games recently. He's sort of been up and down. So, what egg did he lay? I mean, he he still had a pretty good game. He just played against a team that was way better than way his better game. than yeah. And it wasn't really all. It, it wasn't it, Ohio and, State didn't lose that game because of Justin Fields. Ohio also, State lost also, that game because of, uh, Alabama was the better team, and he was also hurt. And I'll tell you what he. He outplayed. I know they don't play d- directly against each other, but he outplayed the guy who's been the consensus number one pick and who will be the number one pick since last year. I mean, last year when Burrow was going to go with the top pick, people were saying Trevor Lawrence would be will be a better quarterback and is a better quarterback. I think Justin Fields is. I think he's not a sure shot, but I think he'll be. 
right. Well, he I was think he'll be top. I I think he might it go was to 17 the... for 33 for 194 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. You know, yeah, six, 67 yards on the ground in six attempts. Great, well, those aren't great numbers. How, how good was numbers. how good was Daniel Jones in the in this in this college football championship game? Oh wait, he never made it. He didn't. Right? No, he didn't. Look, I'm yeah. just saying he didn't light it up the way he did against Clemson. No, no, I didn't he expect. Played it to. a game that was closer than I the game ex- that he played. Anybody, against, I didn't expect it. Right. If anybody expected him to repeat that performance he did the week before, it wasn't going to happen. They were they were not thinking straight. It wasn't. I'm, I'm not saying he's no good. I'm just yeah. saying I, you know, I, I've never been convinced that he is. I think I, I think he goes in the top five. I think he might go to the, to the Falcons. They might. Yeah. Well, hey, listen. The other the other thing I'm hearing is is sorry. Go ahead, John. No, I'm just going to say the other the other uh, uh, name floating around there towards the top of the draft board would be Zach Wilson too from from Brandon right. Young. And I think people still have Jamar Chase ahead of Devonta Smith at the wide receiver. So if you and right now, yeah. you know, he's probably. I think I think that the Eagles are going to have are going to have their choice of either Chase or Smith. And there's um, uh, who's the other guy? Waddle. Waddle. That did was hurt, but he was ranked higher than all of them to to begin with. And listen, the other thing I'm hearing now is uh, what's going on with the Houston Texans. And yeah, Deshaun well, that's, Watson. That's that's people say maybe the Jets are going to trade that pick for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, you know, uh, allegedly wants out of Houston. Uh, he does not have everybody. Anything. Everybody wants out there. of Houston. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, can you blame him? <laughs> exactly. Um, and Houston's obviously going to go into a rebuild because I got a feeling just between us, and obviously it's been talked about, mentioned, leaked, not leaked, but whispered or whatever. But I don't think I don't think JJ Watt's staying in Houston after. No. He's got one more year on his contract. I got a feeling you're going to see all three Watt brothers in in Pittsburgh. But uh, to I'm me, not sure, that, I'm not sure to JJ me that, Watt's got much left in the tank. No, yeah, he's got another year or two, maybe three. You know, it means what? He's 31, 30, 30, 30 31, 32. Yeah, but I mean, he's not done, but he's not far no, from it. No, but his me, best years so. are behind. Baby, sure, behind of course. Yeah, right. yeah. But to me, that's a more intriguing option than Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. To uh, you want to say, hey, guide some of these players and. Deshaun Watson for the, the number two pick. I say, oh, well, that's something to, to consider. Well, you know what? There a couple of things I saw was uh, they're going to be obviously they're they're going to want to trade with a team that can give up a quarterback and high draft picks. So obviously the Jets fit that bill. They can take Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold. Right. They could take one of the Jets' two first round picks this year. They can take another first round pick uh, or at least a second round pick next year or the year after, and then he can give up a, a later pick, a fourth or a fifth round this year and next year too. Uh, and and I think that would probably do it. Houston gets back a bunch of draft capital and a starting quarterback. Which is perfect because they're looking to rebuild, assumably. Right. I mean, you would think do, you, so. do you build a team around Deshaun Watson, though? Well, I mean, he's not old. He's got no, but I mean, it, only a couple years older than Sam Darnold, if that. Well, I understand that, but I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not sold on I, Is he a better quarterback than Sam Darnold? Who's the better quarterback between the two? I think it's, it's, yeah. yeah, but it's you got to build. I mean, it's yeah, it's to, to, it's night and day in a lot of ways, right? And um, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think while I, you know the Giants are going to have some good opportunities with their pick, I'm hoping Payne, uh, Quiddy Pay, who's Mich- the Michigan defensive lineman, maybe yeah. drops down. Although the Broncos will probably take him or the Cowboys. Yeah, the, the Giants. Take a tight end, or do they? Giants are not taking a tight end, or do they go for Micah Parsons? Or, or they, the Giants could get Waddle. I think if Jalen well, Waddle's think... available, I think. I mean, he's kind of small, but 
I think I think you take him. I'll tell you what, this kid Parsons though from Penn State is another great linebacker. Yeah, I I think they have to go. I think they have to go linebacker. They have to go defensive, uh, unless Waddle or for some odd reason Smith fall to eleven. Well, Waddle's projected to be twelfth or thirteenth. Right. So if you if, if you if you have the opportunity to get Waddle and and give that another weapon to uh, how about to, how about Pitts? How about Kyle Pitts from Florida? I mean, the, the, people are talking about him being the best tight end in the draft in a number of years. Yeah, there's been talk about that, but I don't see them moving away from. I and, and believe me, <laughs> I'll be the first one to say move away from Ingram. But um, I I mean, I think you could play in. Yeah, Ingram's Pitts is more of a tight end than Ingram is in the in the classic well, you know sense of the term. I think you can play both of them at the same time, and I think it would I think it would help Daniel Jones, especially with his ability to oh shit, somebody's on top of me, dump it off in the six yard, sure. six to seven yard realm. I I honestly think that they should be you know if if that's the case if they get him and they and they put him in plug him in the tight end spot and you want to you want to run Ingram out there line him up in the slot line him up as yeah. a receiver yeah, i don't think you have not, to get he's rid not of a tight end. he's a wide receiver he's a well, slot he, receiver he, look the giants mo is they don't pay people once their rookie contracts are up so right. i don't i don't they're not going to pay ingram they don't they never do that with their receivers they get another one right and so i who's i think the giants will probably go with with a receiver i think they'll go with 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 if if waddles available or pits i think they'll probably take pits I think the, the the wild card with the Giants is if they take Micah Parsons, which I think those are all good picks. Yeah. I'd like, you know. Um, I'll just say this: Deshaun Watson threw for forty eight hundred yards this past season, thirty three touchdowns and seven picks. Yeah, yeah. You know he's and and look, they were terrible. Right. They have they have nothing. They were they four had and nothing, 12. and he still did but all were, that. They were ten and five last year and eleven five the year before that, and they yeah. they haven't performed in the playoffs, but. I, I think what what I like about Watson he's, he's is twenty five years old too. Right. What I like about Watson is that he he wanted an offensive minded coach, and when they didn't, you know, when they decided to not even interview uh, the enemy, then I think that was the final straw. Yeah. I think he realizes that. I think he's one of the things I like about Deshaun Watson is I think he's able to handle a complicated offense and perform in it because he's one of, if not the most versatile of quarterbacks out there. Um, he just hasn't really had the consistency around him, I think, to, to do what it is that he's capable of doing. Right. The, the, the question is, is will he be paired up with that coach that he wants? And look, right. enemies has not been a head coach and, and hasn't moved up as quickly as you, previously because of some of the things in his past. Sure. You know, he's not squeaky clean, and there's a lot of people with question marks uh, behind him. I think, And then there's also the, you know, the, the racism issue. Yeah. Absolutely. Which, you know, to, to me, I don't know how you measure that, but I think we all know that it's there. Yeah. And the absolutely. league knows it's there, and that's why they instituted the Rooney rule, which was a right. lousy attempt to fix something. But, you know, yeah, he, but you're right. Yeah. He, he does have a few things in his past that may, may I, I still think he's going to go. I, th- I still think he's going to go to San Diego. I still uh, think you know that what? that's the perfect fit for him. Well, let me ask you, Pete, uh, as a as a fan and as somebody that's, you know, watched the Jets for as long as you've watched the Jets, do you feel that they should go with a head coach that's uh, an offensive-minded head coach or a defensive-minded head coach? Well, I think I think you want And to... I know either will work if you get the right system together and you get the right coaching staff together, but in your estimation, which It's an offensive league. It's an offensive league. Right. So let's have an offensive coach. Gotcha. 
And that's also, you know, something the Jets have never really done. I mean, mm. they, they, I mean, you could say they did it with Adam Gase, but obviously that didn't work out. It didn't. Uh, and they've had plenty of offensive guys. Look, they, they've, look I, I'm not a fan of first-time coaches, um, given the Jets' history. Sure. They, you know, they've had to say mixed successes to be kind <laughs> um, with bringing in guys who were coordinators first. But sure. uh, I, I also don't want somebody who's, you know, a four-time retread. Well, I don't think there's a lot of them left. I don't really think there's a lot. It doesn't of seem like there are. Than... It doesn't seem like there are. So again, it's it's a difficult decision, and it should be left to the football mind. And well, I that's think Joe Douglas. I and... think Ben McAdoo is available. He's an offensive minded coach, and he's and he has head coaching experience. Bring he's... him in. He could be the water, the uh, Gatorade table coach. <laughs> had offensive results. He's yeah, that's very that's offen- very offensive. He is results. an extremely offensive, offensive guy. guy. Absolutely. In more ways than one. Yeah, yeah. I don't well, know. It's, you know, it's going to be ugly because it's the Jets. But. It's it's going to. You know what? Maybe, maybe they maybe they are going to um, sign uh, Robert sign with uh, Robert Sala. Uh, yeah, defensive, but you know, I take Deshaun Watson over anybody coming out of college. I get you. Yeah, no, you're right. Except I, for Trevor, even eh, maybe even Trevor Lawrence. But I, I think John's I, question, right now. I would I'm, take. Well, your question points to the problem: is that a head coach shouldn't be offensive or defensive on it. A head coach should be a head coach, and well, it's a head course, coach. But... but that's the problem, I think, is that we have too many people who are unable to be head coaches. They just don't transition from that coordinator position to head coaches. Yeah. And the other trend that I don't understand, which maybe makes sense to some degree, because they they show overall leadership as opposed to the ability to handle the offensive or defensive coordinator tasks, is that we're seeing a lot of people that aren't coordinators who get head coaching jobs. Right. And I, I think, I think it, there's mixed results. I just don't think there's a lot of great coaches, new young coaches coming up to the NFL. The best coaches in the league are still just the older coaches. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't want, I don't want my coach necessarily running the offense. That's what your coordinator is for. Right. But well, an, an offensive coach as opposed to a defensive coach for me means that, if the offense isn't, if the coordinator really isn't getting it, he can help out with that. Right. Right. You know, in other words, he's more able to kind of fix or add to the mix on the offense than he is on defense. And sure. That, that's, you know, I don't want, I don't want my head coach running either side of the ball. That's what yeah. you have coordinators for. But I do want a head coach yeah. who, can, who leans towards an offense, uh, more sure. offensive minded and can, when it isn't clicking, he can go to the offensive coordinator and they can figure out how to make it work better. Well, I'd rather a, have that than than the guy who does the same thing on defense. Right. Well, there's a few of them out there, so we'll see what we'll see how everything pans out with them. As far as Deshaun Watson uh, goes, um, he uh, they, they they've been um, floating uh, teams around. Like uh, you know, obviously the Jets would be a great landing spot for him because of what Houston can get back. Right. Right. But uh, there are a number of other teams uh, that he would fit the bill immensely perfect perfectly in and you know um the bears is one of them uh who knows what's gonna happen with trubisky saints is breeze done after this year yeah but um, the, the, the saints seem to be seem to be um high on uh on what's his name Taysom uh, hill yeah and so i don't know we'll see they also have Jameis winston as a back oh, well that's what i meant winston i i think winston starts there next year gotcha. grab legs there you go. Um, I wonder if that's his official look. You, I'll be right back. Also, guys. Carry on. I'll you got right it. Back. You also have uh, you also have uh, the Steelers. 
Uh, yeah. You know, who knows what Big Ben's going to do? I mean, you know, he was. We'll, we'll talk about his tears the other. Uh, at, you know, when we get to the games from uh, Saturday, but then then there's the one team that is a clear, obvious um, place that he would uh, thrive in and would love to have a guy like him and. If any team in recent history has proven that they can make something happen, this team has, and that would be the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, obviously they don't really have, I don't think, enough to offer, especially with the you know draft pick wise and, right. and otherwise. And boy, there's something Belichick has just been really unwilling to go out and signed free agents in the last number of years. I don't know what it is. He just hasn't. Right. I mean, Cam, you can't say Cam Newton was a big free. What did they get? Didn't they get him for the league minimum? Yeah. Yeah. He was like, uh, he was like no money. I mean, what, what other, who, what other signings? I mean, the last time that the New England went out and signed somebody big was, you know, I don't even remember. I mean, it was a long time ago. Yeah. They're just, they, they don't do it. No, they really don't. You're right. Absolutely right. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see how that all shakes out. I mean, I think Deshaun Watson's an incredible upgrade from uh, from Cam Newton, obviously, and and yeah, but he would he wouldn't necessarily. The problem with the England is they don't have a lot of pieces around them, right. and um, it would be a rebuilding deal. If he wants if he wants to go in and play with people right now and have a team that's ready to go. Right. The Steelers are definitely, the, I I think. The logical pick, with the exception of maybe, maybe I don't know. I think the Steelers would obviously be the be the best choice right. if they're if they're willing, to, or the Saints. If the Saints basically the Saints say, wanna... I, "I'm not, I'm not so sure Breeze isn't going to play another year." I'm not so sure of that either. And also, Jameis Winston, uh, whatever uh, the contract that he was on, uh, that they have him for, um, is up this year. They would have to resign him in order to keep him yeah. as well. So, but um, I digress. Um, the Giants. A couple of things on the Giants. Uh, oh, Pete is back with us. I believe he is anyway, are you? I'm here. Yeah, I'll just say this. I think Drew Brees is going to try and keep playing until he wins another Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't see, I, you know, unless he falls apart, until he can't, he, absolutely can't do it anymore. Actual I, I limbs really fall off of his body. I, I think he's playing again next year. I don't see any reason why he shouldn't. If he wins this year, he might hang it up. But Yeah, well, I, I think that's well, yeah. uh, he's not going to win this year. But if he does... Um, yeah, I think then you, go, you go, go out. You go out. Uh, you go out on top. You go out on top. Absolutely. Um, the L way. The L way. You go out the L way. You do yeah, the L way. A um, couple things on the Giants. Joe Judge. Uh, you know, we we can discuss this, but uh, on Daniel Jones, um, he did uh, make a statement uh, yesterday. He was on the fan, uh, WFAN in New York, and uh, he uh, stated that uh, in referring to Daniel Jones, uh, speaking of. of Jones. Uh, he prepares better than anyone daily. There's a lot of confidence going forward because he's prepared. He competes and he improves every day. So, and those are I'm I'm paraphrasing that a little bit, but that's basically what Joe Judge was saying about Daniel Jones. You feel that that's just uh, you know um, him being. You know, I feel uh, like it's him putting a bumper sticker on the back of his minivan that says, "My Daniel Jones is better than your honor student." <laughs> gotcha. My you honor. My other car is a Daniel Jones. The, the, the Giants are stu- the Giants are committed to Daniel Jones. We know that. Right. They have to get a team that's gonna that Daniel Jones is gonna be able to thrive in, and that means they're gonna have to be 
incredibly dominant on the defensive side. And they're going to, Saquon's going to have to come back and they're going to have to be able to control the ball. The Giants do have some op, some weapons for Daniel Jones. The, the The problem has been inconsistency on the offensive line. We could say that for the last seven years for the Giants. Sure, absolutely. Uh, I, I think if you get a great dominant offensive line in front of Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, then yes, they're gonna, both going to look better. We haven't seen the best of Saquon Barkley yet, and I'm hoping we do. But my concern with Saquon is that will he ever get to the point where he's not subjected to injuries the way he is. Are we really going to get a full season of Saquon Barkley where he can contribute and, and the Giants can open holes for him the way that they need to? I don't know. What I, think he has, I think he has to stop jumping over people. You know, yeah. power when, when around he, them, run around, out? outrun them, power through the line. You know, you How know, many I, years of college did he play? Four. I think he played all four. Played all four. Three or four. Three or four. Well, because sometimes you get guys to come out and yeah, they're too young. They, they mature a little bit afterwards. They tend to get hurt early. Well, he, he, he's 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 very talented. We just don't know, right? You know, I mean, we just don't know. I I, I think there's as many question marks with Saquon Barkley as there is with Daniel Jones, only because it's a different kind of question marks. But his durability is in question. It's yeah. you can't say it isn't. No, and, and we've and we've seen this over and over again with a lot of running backs, especially is that sometimes you just can't get over the injury bug. You just can't get away from it. But and, at least, but I mean, at least with him, you you know what you are going to get when he's healthy. Look at the. I, I mean, mean he, he, of, he those was, two, of those of those of those two problems, is he going to be able to stay healthy, or is he really good? You know he's really, really good. Yeah, like I so, said, this this is why maybe I that's think more if, frustrating. If that's the, if your your team, you know, people say, well, who are the Giants building around? Well, you have to at least for the next two three years say that the Giants should be built around Saquon Barkley. So that means how do you make Saquon Barkley better? You block for him. Right. So maybe the Giants take an offensive lineman. Maybe they trade to get two or three first late first round picks or a second round pick. They have to do something about their offensive line. And I mean, I just look at that the draft last year. They they took uh, Andrew Thomas and and, and he did okay, just, but not was he was he that much better than than what's his name? Who they signed a free agency? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't. I don't either. And I, I believe, and uh, you know, I, I I have to actually check because I've been thinking about this all day. I'm pretty sure that Tristan Wirfs was still on the board when they took Thomas, and Tristan Wirfs has been pretty damn good in in, in Tampa Bay this year. Um, so. You know, is that coaching down there versus coaching up here? Uh, is it is it the player? I, I think it's uh, I think it's more the player at that point. But who knows what Thomas is gonna? I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that Thomas is going to become Eric Flowers by any means, but you know, <laughs> uh, hopefully hopefully he has a better sophomore campaign and so forth and so on. But we'll Here, see what happens. Here's what I would like to see the Giants do. I would like to see the Giants go out and I and I don't have any idea who's available as free agency as far as proven offensive linemen. But I don't think we have time to take offensive linemen who have played one or two years of college football, bring them in, put them in with a bunch of other offensive linemen that are still trying to find their legs and prove themselves and get a cohesive offensive line. I think we need a couple guys who've played two or three years who are coming into their prime and have proven that they're not, they don't have to be pro bowlers but they've proven that they're good and that their upside is still for the next three or four years. I'd like to see them go out and do that. I don't think we need to sign another Nate Solder, but if they're, I think that's the right move. I think if you can get 
some free agents on the offensive line, that's what's going to make the Giants better. And then you throw that in with a tight end that 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 helps a blocking and b as a as a dump off for Daniel Jones, then the Giants' offense can start to be what I think it needs to be. I don't see the Giants being a vertical, lighted up down the field kind of offense. They, they I think for the Giants to win, they have to play Giants football. They got to run the ball, control the clock, occasionally have a long strike, and put Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley in a position to be successful. And it all it begins and ends with the offensive line. You're right. You're right. We will right. we will see what happens. Hold on, I need a little bit of water there. There we go. <clears throat> Excuse right. me. We still managed to spend half an hour talking about the Jets and the Giants. And they well, it was play. it was other things that we. It's a it's a it's a minute per touchdown scored <laughs> combined. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Well. Uh, Who had more touchdowns, the Giants and the Jets combined, or Deshaun Watson? It's a good podcaster's metric. Exactly. I do want to bring up one thing, one more thing, uh, and that would be uh, Mr. Mr. Aikman's comments uh, over the weekend uh, during, specifically during the Rams uh, Seahawks game. Uh, Did you either of you hear what he said? No. What did he say? Referring to Aaron Donald, he said that Aaron. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. uh, Let me get the exact quote. Hold on one second. I got it right here. The exact quote is. I played against Reggie White. I played against Lawrence Taylor. And I got to tell you, this Aaron Donald is the best defensive player I have ever seen. He is really remarkable. He should be NFL Defensive Player of the Year, and I think he should be getting some votes for the MVP of the entire league. He's that good. That was uh, Troy Aikman's quote uh, yeah. during the game. So, he's good. So he's already you know, touted Aaron Donald better, as better than LT and Reggie White. Well, when did – when? At what point in his career did did Aikman play against LT? And number two, um, he's an announcer, so of course he's going to you know say something hyperbolic to to get people's attention. Right now, everybody who's playing is the best or amongst the best who ever played at any position. That's just that's the hyperbole that goes along with the job. I mean, Darnold is. Donald is he's uh he is the most dominant defensive player to, I've seen in a long time. I mean, he's 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 ridiculously good. Absolutely. Right. And I agree with that. He's he's probably the be- not, not probably. He is the best defensive player in the league right now. And, and, uh, and, probably- and I don't I don't have any grapes about saying that, but I really don't think he's better than LT a a, a man that changed revolutionized the position no. of linebacker in history, in football history. Aaron Donald is not that that's, no. you know, yeah, that I mean was, that that's not even comparing LeBron James to Michael Jordan. That's no, just, that, it's that's, not. It's too early. It shouldn't be taken. Yeah, yeah right, it's right. right. It's too early. It shouldn't be taken that seriously. Right. I mean, so. you could look. You could say the, the Rams have been more built on their defense this year than than their offense, and so maybe you want to talk about him being considered for the MVP. I think kind of all those other statements he said have some ring of truth to them. But better sure. than LT and Reggie, better than Reggie White, of course, because you know he's Reggie White. Um, <clears throat> the uh, sack record thief, liar, cheat. Um, but yeah, I don't even think it's. I mean, it's there's too many ex cowboy quarterbacks talking on television. I try not to listen to them. Although I will secretly <laughs> admit that I think uh, Tony Romo is a pretty good broadcaster. I don't have any problem. He, with he's really that. smart. He knows what's going to happen he before does. it happens. It's crazy that, that it's amazing happens. that you know, he can only do that on the field. Yeah, you just call him radar. 
He's not, he was actually, I mean, he, he's another guy who I think was the original. I mean, you talk about people being criticized for their postseason play, much like Lamar Jackson. I mean, that was Romo's thing. I mean, if you look at Romo's numbers, he was a darn good quarterback. He was. He was. Right. I actually I actually saw a graphic the other day uh, during, uh, I believe, they were do, well, he was doing the Saints game, right? So it was during the Saints game, uh, they put up a graphic on the screen, and it said uh, between uh, Tony Romo and – uh, Sean Payton, because uh, Sean Payton was a quarterback in college too. They both went to uh, Eastern Illinois, um, and on Eastern Illinois, they both they they exchanged the top three, I guess, per, uh, pass percentage record, uh, total yards, and total passing TDs. Um, one of them's either two or three in Eastern Illinois history uh, as a uh, uh, quarterback, and uh, so one's two uh, in second place for two of them in third place for the other one and vice versa for the other one. But the uh, quarterback from Eastern Illinois that's in number one for all three categories was Jimmy Garoppolo. So uh, just a little interesting uh, side note there. Yeah, and that when it was the Eastern Illinois moment brought to that you by the- Eastern Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> where quarterbacks are... Brought to you by Giordano's Pizza. That's right. Come to Chicago brought- and get thick crust. That's right. Yeah. We're the... The no, nah, I was gonna say so. I won't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, let's uh, let's get to some of the uh, um, let's get to some of the games because uh, that's what we uh, w- watched all weekend and we referred to Foot, before. Football, you bet. A little bit, a little bit of football. So um, let's start with the uh, let's go in order. Let's start with the first game: the Bills, uh, Bills and the Colts. Um, Bills, uh, Bills survived. They didn't look like world beaters. They didn't look like world beaters, but they survived the Colts. Colts gave them a good uh, game. Um, they won. Bills won their first playoff game in 25 years. Um, Rivers played hard. Uh, Josh Allen played a little better. Um, but yeah, 27-24 is final score. Uh, well, uh, maybe it shouldn't have been that close. That that was definitely a fumble. Yeah, um, that wasn't called a fumble even after the review. So. Yeah, right. um, and you know, know Rivers threw a bad interception uh, at the end. Which, uh, yeah, that's true. I, I, I mean, the, is, is Buffalo at a point now where they don't have to dominate for us to continue to say yes, they're good? Oh, I think they're good. I expected I expected them to to win by two touchdowns in, in going right. Away. But in other words, the, the the fact that they didn't win by two touchdowns, do we go well? Maybe they're not quite as good as we thought, or do we say yeah, they're still. As good as I, as I, I thought I, they were, they just no, didn't dominate. Going in, I thought they, I thought they would continue to rise and maybe, maybe just give some hope of somebody giving Kansas City a run for their money in the AFC. And I, I don't see it. Right. So I, I, I mean, they could turn around and have a much better game. There's just something they seemed to be playing. They seemed to be. They made a lot of mistakes, and they didn't. Maybe, seem, maybe the moment was a little big for them yeah. because it has been, you know. And uh, and they didn't quite they didn't quite they didn't quite convert when they needed to and they sort of clammed up in the second half but we'll see maybe we'll it was big win you got to be happy for the people of Buffalo this is true let me ask you a question do you think Rivers will retire no no he'll play no. he'll play I mean not that there's no. been any talk about it I'm just just speculating here you don't think you don't think he will. No, I don't think Philip Rivers has been the same quarterback forever I mean he, the last ten years he's the same quarterback he's really good. He just seems to force the ball every once in a while in a bad moment, and that's what you walk away with. Right. And, but and they, but he, that, I mean, that one touchdown pass, that the last touchdown pass that he threw was <laughs> – it doesn't get any better than that. 
This yeah. is true. And they still have most of the offensive line that they put together for Andrew Luck, I think. Yeah. Which was designed to protect him, and so he's going to like that. And they still, I mean, they were a little bit up and down early in the season, but they're, Indy is built on their defense, at least they were this season. Mm-hmm. Right? Surprisingly good defense. And yeah. So, I mean, the, good offensive defense line and a good off. defense. Why Why wouldn't you want to be in that situation? As long I, as your body holds up. Yeah, I, I think he'll come back. I think Breeze is more of a – there's been more talk about Breeze potentially retiring than Rivers. I think Rivers will be back. Well, well we will see. We shall see. Um, let's go to the uh, uh, mid-afternoon game. I should say late-afternoon game. The Rams over the Seahawks. Uh, Rams beat the Seahawks 30-20. to 20. Um, Goff, played a, Goff played pretty damn good for a guy with a broken thumb. Uh, who didn't start. That didn't start, yeah. Who, exactly. wasn't, who wasn't supposedly well enough to start. Yeah, yeah, he definitely. But uh, he he was definitely hampered, and uh, oh yeah, unless he has some miraculous recovery uh, over the course of this week, he's well. Not and how much did how much did him not starting kind of motivate the defense? Right. You know, uh, not that they should need motivation, but that was they played a hell of a game, and and I think it also just kind of proves that Seattle is not as good. I think the Rams defense is darn good. I don't think Seattle is as good as they 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 were. The second half of the season, they just weren't what everybody was projecting them to be in the beginning. Yeah, and they're they're, they're limited. They're limited, and they were the Rams exposed them. Well, look, the Rams are the number one defense in the NFL, and they they played like it, yeah. and that's what they're built on more than their offense. And sure, you know, look, Goff at his best has been inconsistent at times. Right, right. He's, he's been brilliant at times, but he's. Stunk up the joint too. No, he didn't have the weapons he had his first couple of years. You know, when they went to the Super Bowl, he had a lot more. It seemed like he had a lot more weapons around him. Yeah. Um, but, but unless he, you know, can figure out how to throw much more than eight to twelve yards down the field with any sort of, you know, he just he can't really do that. Yeah. Uh, they're they're not going to go anywhere else. That's right. for sure. Yeah, and then they got, no. they, they're banged up a lot too. I mean, between between Goff's thumb and and their now, uh, it, Wolford is out because of his. You know, we got that. Horrible uh, uh, head collision with Jamal Adams yeah. there. Yeah, um, mostly. But uh, it's but really they're, 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 matchup with the Packers, but more because of the Rams. Um, well, the, the Packers defense is no great shakes either, but but I, they've been, they've been the most improved in the second. Right. Round. I mean, if you if you had to say, would you t- rather take the matchup of the Rams defense against the Packers or the Packers defense against the Rams with Goff with a hurt hand. I think you'd, you'd say the Packers defense right. against Goff with an injured hand and not many weapons. Exactly. And Ron, but look, it, defensively, I think it works out pretty well for the Rams, or, or there's a decent matchup because Rodgers, you know, doesn't have a ton of weapons either. He's making the most out of what he has. Yeah, he has he has weapons. I, I don't buy that so much. Yeah. I mean, they put up some pretty big numbers this year. But they haven't, you know. The Packers beat the Saints. The Packers beat the the Packers have beaten some good teams. They've lost to the Colts. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't think that have the Packers and Rams played this year. They haven't, have they? No. 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 Well, uh, well, we'll see. Um, it's an interesting you know, matchup. Just, uh, yeah, just but, referring specifically of the Rams Seahawks game. Um, they, uh, yeah, I, I think it was more the. Look, the Rams did play a decent game. Uh, I'm not going to play. They didn't play a great. Uh, they didn't play a great game. They played a decent game, but they also were playing a team that hit their hit their stride 
uh, early in the season and kind of came down from there. Their Seahawks weren't uh, what they've been in the past, and they certainly weren't what they were in the beginning of the season at the end either. So, um, you know, I think that, that had a lot to do with that. Yeah. Loss they were they were a twelve and five team, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah well. but that could you make. And what's the question of the, the you know one of the worst twelve and five teams we've seen in a while? Right. Yeah, just much thinking, like I think about that though. The Seahawks did lose to the Giants, and the Rams did lose to the Jets. So um, there's that. Um, yeah, and, and, and the, the Seahawks beat the Rams. And the Seahawks beat yeah exactly uh, uh, tw- twice. Now the Rams did they split the during they, the season? They split, but the la- the yeah the Rams beat them, and then a couple weeks later this well. A month later, the Seahawks beat him pretty convincingly, twenty to nine. Gotcha. They're one of those teams: the Seahawks, the Rams, the Steelers. They're just they're unpredictable. You don't know. You don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. Well, moving on to the night game on Saturday, the um, the Bucks over the uh, the uh, the WFTs. Bucks over team, um, thirty-one twenty-three. Bucks, uh, you know, Bucks almost let them back into the game. uh, You know. But when Later doesn't on. that when doesn't that happen in sports? <laughs> this, is, this is true. Uh, you know, you're everybody's playing prevent offense and prevent defense in the second quarter, <laughs> so um, you get you get more than a two two score lead, and you might as well sit on it as Giants mo for years. But I think everybody's doing it at some point. And, wa- and Washington's defense is not bad. No, they have a good defense. defense. Is good, and Heineke was the. Uh, the big surprise, and mm-hmm. maybe Tampa Bay was figuring, well, he, he can't play this well the entire game. Yeah, who's this guy? He's gonna, we, we're going right. to eventually we're, he's going like to flow with these guys. So we yeah. just got to sit back and wait for him to make a mistake. Right. I and think Tampa, I think Tampa Bay looked pretty good. I mean, they scored thirty one points. Brady was twenty two of forty three hundred eighty one yards, two touchdowns. He spread the ball around. They yeah. they ran the ball pretty well with Fournette. Right. Um. You know. They 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 made the Washington defense look lesser than they have in a lot of games uh, this sure. season, and that was their strong point going in. So it was it was. You think uh, you think Washington found uh, found their quarterback? Well, they certainly at least found a solid backup. But you think nah, uh, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, he might, who was? Um, there's, I'm sure there's a movie coming out of that. Who was Brady's backup? That uh, Garoppolo <laughs> in. What was uh, his name? In New England, yeah, Garoppolo? Garoppolo. No, no. Before that, the the oh yeah, uh, Brady got hurt and he had some success, and then he went uh, somewhere out west. I think went to Kansas St- City. Stip St- St- Stippen. That's no, he went to Kansas City. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, more, more, no more. Um, <laughs> I can't I forget. Nah, he didn't the, too who the hell knows? So, uh, but it was, it was a while ago. Yeah, uh, I think he could get, uh, you know, he could get a, kind of a gig like that. He could do that. Sure, absolutely. Um, I'll we'll see. Let's move on to uh, Sunday. Uh, Ravens uh, and the Titans. Uh, Ravens didn't win convincingly. It wasn't like they blew out the Titans. Not that they were gonna. But Matt uh, Castle. <laughs> yeah, Matt. Yeah, uh, thank you. There we there go. go. Matt Castle. There you go. Um, it was it was pretty much the Lamar Jackson show, right? right. Uh, he, he he threw for 170 yards and he ran for 136 yards. Well, you know, it's uh, it, 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 I, I texted my nephew who lives in Baltimore and is a Ravens fan. I go, you know, the only way Baltimore is going to win this game is if he runs the ball as much or more than he's passing it today. Because the the beginning of the game, this, he looked they look horrible. They're down ten nothing. Yeah, and he ran the ball <laughs> quite a bit, and yeah. he's just one. I mean, 
obviously he can pass the ball, but he just that interception was a horrible throw. Oh, it was bad. That was and very. It, it just it, they just seemed out of sync until you. And he's at times seems out of sync when he's just dropping back and playing and trying to read when when he can create running the ball up through through a crowded field up the middle. He seems to ignite that team, and it seems to help them. They get the and the defense held uh, Derrick Henry to forty yards. Yeah, that, that man's been rushing for nine hundred yards a quarter, and uh, he held him to forty yards. Yeah, and, I mean, and, I, I don't want to play the Ravens. I said that going in. I, I I do not want to play the Ravens. I think they are the team to look out for out of teams that people sort of forgot about towards the end of the year. Right. right. Yeah, I think uh, they 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 did the job on uh, on Derrick Henry and. Tannehill didn't exactly put the team on his shoulders. No. And, well, he started out good. He looked, you know, they, they were yeah, moving the ball I mean, pretty well. You know, they, 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 Baltimore's defense made some good Baltimore's adjustments. Baltimore's defense is, is good. And I listen, there's a lot of the, uh, we talk about the hype, you know, the uh, the pundits hype and all that. And, oh, this is, uh, uh, you know, this is uh, his um, uh, coming out. He's, you know, he's got the, uh, uh, got the, um, Play off a monkey off his back, and he's right. you know, going to. He won a game, I, so now he can go. You know, now listen. Can, they, go were, they were down ten nothing. He he pulled off one of the most amazing runs probably any of us will ever see. Right. Uh, but to think, you know, to say, well, this is evidence that Lamar Jackson has finally arrived. I don't know about that. No, I don't I know. Mean, that. How often can can? Look, I was right. He had seven. You know, he had seventeen completions and he had sixteen carries. He had 16 carries for 136 yards. I mean, that does that's not going to happen in the playoffs every game. No, it's not. And, Absolutely not. But Baltimore's defense looked really good. Yeah, they did. And Baltimore's won 12 games. And they, they haven't played necessarily, you know, a, 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 an easy schedule. They play in a tough division that's, that's made for playoff football. I don't want to play the Ravens. They're very untraditional. I don't – you can't – they're going to win a game like this, twenty to thirteen. Their defense probably going to score a touchdown. Um, yeah, I, I, they're going to kick a lot of field goals and they're going to play great defense. I don't want to play them. They look like a team that is playing with a chip on their shoulder. And I, Lamar Jackson, does not look nearly as good as he did last year when he won the MVP. But I don't think he has to. Yeah. Who's a better uh, Who's a better matchup against KC, Bills or the Ravens? Better matchup. Uh, for a good game or better matchup for Casey to win? Uh, for a good game, who's got a who's, who's got who's got more of the I goods? I still want to. I want to. I still want to see the. Uh, I still want to see the Bills and the Chiefs. Is they more complete? Yeah, I think. I think the Bills and Chiefs will be a higher scoring game. The Bills don't have a bad defense. I think the Ravens are. I think the Ravens could hold off. Here, here's who could beat the Chiefs. The Bills' offense combined with the Ravens' defense could give the Chiefs a decent game. <laughs> so maybe, maybe if this week, if the Bills' defense right. and the Chief and the uh, Ravens' offense, um, those two uh, um, yeah. teams lose, and alternating the team and go out and there, you alternating go. Allen and Lamar Jackson at quarterback. There you go, there playing you go. two quarterbacks at once. Let me give you. Let me give you a stat right here. Since December first of this year since December 1st of this year, rushing yards per game, okay? The Saints have 151 rushing yards per game. The uh, Packers have 155.4 rushing yards per game. The Titans have 166.8 rushing yards per game. 
The Colts have 168.5 rushing yards per game. The Ravens have 243.1 rushing yards per game. Nah. I mean, that's that's one <laughs> of the reasons why, I, I, if I had to honestly answer your question, I think the Ravens give have a better shot of winning. Only the because they, they, be. they could hold on to the ball and play better, D, and they could keep the ball. I think they have a they are better at keeping the ball out of Mahomes' hands, potentially. Right, but Mahomes only needs three minutes to score a touchdown, though. Sure. So He doesn't even need that. He needs three plays. But, three but plays they, to score but, a touchdown. But Kansas City hasn't – they've looked a little out of sync. Now, granted, they're still obviously the favorites. They've won more ball. games than they did last year. I understand that. <laughs> Looking but, out of sync. Right. But they haven't won by a lot in, in, in these games. And, right. And they've kept – It doesn't they've matter. Kept, well, it does because they've kept the games a little closer. And so right. – Yeah, but who's been they, chasing them? They've always been chasing teams to come back and win, but the Chiefs haven't been in a game where they're up by three with a minute left and they don't have the ball. It seems like they always have the ball. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, I get you. I think think it's a toss-up. I was more impressed, but I think Baltimore beating a really good Titans team, which is a completely different team. Than what Kansas City is. Sure. Than I was with with the Bills getting by an Indianapolis team. I think the Titans were better than the Colts. I think. Oh, yeah. You know, and um, so we'll see. I, I, we'll see. But nobody has that much of a chance. Uh, just just remember, just just remember, Ryan Tannehill is not Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. No. And uh, he's not. Nobody is Patrick yeah. Mahomes, with right. the exception of maybe. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers does not have Aaron Rodgers doesn't look to his eighth best guy and have an ex like guy who led the league in rushing. Right. You know, I mean, it's right. just, it, it's just right. he doesn't go to his third best receiver and oh, it's Travis Kels, the best tight end in football. Right. You know, I mean, it just doesn't happen. There's somebody he could he could do his, his ninth check down and he still got somebody's winning an award. Right. Yeah. So. It's like oh yeah all right, right. Oh, oh yeah you yeah here all you right. go. Uh, do we do we need to talk about the Saints and the Bears? I yeah, I was just going to say the only thing the only thing that I wanted to point out in the Saints and the Bears game was the Nickelodeon uh, stream for uh, the uh, game. Oh, I heard there. about that. I didn't see. it. I Did actually it? I I went. Why I, is it so hard to find sports on television now? It's like <laughs> no no no. CBS broadcast it. I know, but but uh, uh, which we we'll call it? They're, they put it on Nickelodeon. I guess they're trying to get the young fan. They made a special broadcast for kids. Yeah. SpongeBob was in the goalpost every time they kicked the field a field goal. Light, it's a little less play. violent than SpongeBob. Right? Anytime somebody scored, uh, the whole end zone got slimed. Uh, it was uh, it was interesting. And then after the game, they actually uh, shot a video or whatever. Uh, Sean Payton was sitting, and they actually literally slimed him uh, oh, nice. for for Nickelodeon. That was uh, interesting, nice. but. Hey, you know what? It's something fun. Whatever. Uh, you didn't want to watch it. You didn't have to. I, I flipped back and forth like two or three times just to check it out and see what the hell's going on. Uh, they had a couple of younger uh, kids. Uh, not, not younger well, kids well, what we need is more razzmatazz and marketing in the NFL. It was, mar- it was all marketing. We didn't, there wasn't enough it was marketing for kids. It wasn't marketing for adults sure. or anything. It was for sure. kids. Yeah. I'd, right. Look, I'd, ra- I'd rather see SpongeBob than another country singer sing Monday Night Football theme. So <laughs> that's fine with me. I just wonder right. if these kids are going to get older and. They're going to start watching the regular, you know, the, the network broadcast. Where's the slime? And they're going to go with it. This is not nearly as exciting. No one got slimed. There was no SpongeBob. Patrick didn't hold the ball. Exactly. On the kick, you know. Right. But exactly. listen, they're trying to get the younger fans involved. If it, let's see how the numbers are. If it does anything, yeah, listen, if it 
works. Exactly. They, Major League Baseball can take a page out of that book. There you go. Well, yeah, you know, maybe maybe the kids can teach. So here's my biggest frustration with watching football is <laughs> during these times. What are the masks doing? Like everybody's tested, okay? Everybody's tested negative to play. The coaches are wearing masks, but they're pulling them down to yell at people. And then <laughs> after the game, after they've you know basically had this contact with each other the whole game, then. One out of every like ten players puts a masks on to say congratulations. Yeah. What are we doing? Stop it! Just if either wear them. I'm all for the coaches wearing them, but they don't. They they don't know how to do it. They just either wear them or don't wear them. And I, and I don't see why they feel like they can't be heard if you have a mask on. These, these, everybody, they're not everybody, made of iron. They're not. Else iron. Look, if the guy at Walmart can do it, then I, I'm sh- I'm sure that uh, you know. Right, but I mean, there's there's a guy who's standing right next to him. Right. If you have the mask on, you're talking to him. Do you really need to pull it down? You can still hear what he's saying. He's standing right next to you, but right. they could pull it down Maybe. and they go. You and know, you would think, as you said, just a really good lip reader, and that's what. And he if wants you're to yelling do. at people, they're definitely going to hear you through. And if sure. you can't, it's the NFL. Get some masks with a little filter and speaker in it so you can you know do darth vader impersonations on the side right, exactly or don't wear them. you know what my kid used to have an iron man helmet yeah that you could put on and then you could talk i just i can't get, it would make noise you know, get get that sort of technology absolutely, going. absolutely. Yeah. it's just, and and the face shield i love the okay <laughs> it's just it's too much it's too much uh, uh, to 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 wrap up the Saints and the Bears. I mean, it was the the, the beginning game was a slow start, but uh, once once the game got going, once the Saints got going, they just thought, it, yeah, look. Bears defense held on as long as they could. They could, yeah, that was it. They got no I support mean, from the offense. Not at all. Were the, were the Bears? I was watching the Giants. Are, actually, were the Bears a better team than Washington. Uh, I, it would have been a good game if they played each other. Let's put well, it, that it way. wouldn't have been a game. Any no one watched, but yeah, right, right, yeah. exactly. I mean, the the if what's his name catches that touchdown pass, which hit him in a bad spot right in the bread basket, you got a different game, right? You do, you do. You know, yeah. The, I mean, New Orleans won, and we knew they were going to win. It wasn't really at any point close, but no. That that touchdown stands up. We got a little bit of a different game. The Bears aren't going to win, but it, no, it, New Orleans is 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 the team that I just don't know about. You know, you kind of want to see. I think everybody wants to see New uh, New Orleans versus Green Bay, and, and but right. I just don't know with the Saints. I just don't know. Yeah. They look. They but they look. I mean, Breeze looked good. He looked healthy. He looked like he was. He looked like he belonged there. Yeah. He looked like he wasn't rushed by you know back or, or anything like that. Yeah. It was he was he's, he's bad. He did it. say he came back one game too early. Yeah, he, he did. Too, he did too late now. Yeah. Well, now you're back for good. There you go. Um, all right, let's let's wrap it up with the uh, uh, games from last week on the uh, interesting Sunday night uh, game. Um, the uh, the Ben Ro- the Ben Tur- Ben turnover Roethlisberger show um, was the Browns' first playoff win in 26 years. Um, yeah, t- turnovers were ridiculous, but the fact that and, and the turnovers were the game. You know, th- those turnovers don't happen. The Steelers are winning the game, but I mean, they, they but, scored as much points as the Pistons and you know Indiana <laughs> Pacers in the nineties. Yeah, it's just, uh, I, you know, I just it's it's funny that you know Roethlisberger threw for over five hundred yards 
They scored 37 points and lost. You know, that's what happens when you turn the ball over five times. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he, um, and I, I, two of those interceptions I put on him, two of them were not on him. I put one of them on him. The other Maybe three one. were tipped. Yeah. yeah. One, one of them was he just threw it right to him. The other three yeah. were tipped. But the first the first turnover was uh yeah. you know the, and, the, and he the had another touch he'd had another touchdown that was kind of should have had passing yeah. wise. I mean, 500 yards. <laughs> I don't think he's done. I just think that that team is is a, is a bunch of head cases right now. There's yeah. something we we've seen it for a number of years now, there's something about the Steelers where something isn't right. And I, and I'm not suggesting that they change coaches, but I think once Roethlisberger goes, there's, there might have to be a little bit of a, of a look at what's going on there. It just, yeah, they're just, yeah, I, I, I don't know. And the fact that you let Cleveland score 48 points now, granted, you know, I mean, Mayfield, Baker Mayfield's playing the kind of controlled game that you want out of out of out of a quarterback. I mean, you know, he threw, threw for two hundred sixty three yards, no interceptions, three touchdowns. He threw it thirty four times, which is in today's NFL is not a ton. Right. And and they and they ran the ball. And uh, did they score a defensive touchdown? Yeah, they did. Yeah, I that's what so. I thought. Yeah, they scored a defense, yeah. one or two actually. But, two yeah. actually, or one on a yeah. So I mean that that's well, really the, the the defensive first play of the game that one and then there was another one too right right um, but that on that play specifically though I don't know if you watched it I, I watched it several times um, Roethlisberger wanted nothing to do with falling on that ball uh, no he was standing right there and he let uh, he let the kid come in and try to fall on the ball and and he just and right. Roethlisberger just stood there and watched. <laughs> the Browns score. It's he like he wanted nothing to do with getting hit. <laughs> getting it's like when your grandmother dropped something on the kitchen floor and she pretends to get it, you know, until, yeah. you know, yeah. It was like he was holding his back and going, there. Yeah. Like, it's, it's right there. hands off yeah. on the towel. And it's put right the there. Towel Somebody the get it. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, there you go. Well, look, um, yeah. He wanted nothing to do with that ball. He, he uh, yeah. This game probably shouldn't have been as close as it was. Uh, no. I think uh, the Steelers got... What, well, they the settled down, right? They set, they settled yeah. down. He stopped I mean, forcing you, you, the ball. He made some better yeah. throws. Had you know, take take two of those turnovers away, and the Steelers win this game. Yeah. Maybe they still had three turnovers. If, and the thing about game. Cleveland is, though, I mean, I don't know if there's a more Jekyll and Hyde team than Cleveland right. this season, and we've seen almost every team in the league have their good days and bad days, as you you always do, but maybe more so. Or we chalk it up to 2020 and COVID and all that stuff, but. You know, when they're on, that's a pretty potent offense. And well, they're uh, kind of an old school team. I mean, yeah, they're, I mean, they're, they, they're, they do. They run, run well, heavy. They run well heavy. and they pass well. And when Baker's in the groove, they they are a potent I, offensive team. I mean, wouldn't it be just summarize the last year of our, of this world if if it was Cleveland and Buffalo? <laughs> Look, if it's if Cleveland and Buffalo are the AFC Championship game, the the suicide rate in the United States is going to dip by thirty percent. But look, oh if God. if uh, you know the, the the Chiefs have kind of one of their down games, and Cleveland Cleveland can crank it up offensively, right? Yeah. I, think, I mean, has I, the, we, we talked about the Chiefs' defense. I know early in the season. And we kind of went, yeah, they seem like they're even better than last year. But over the course of the season, maybe they're not that much better than last year. Right. Maybe the Browns can exploit that. But the, the Browns, I think, are the kind of team 
much like the Ravens, where I don't think you're, they're going to come down from more than 10, 14 points. They're just not going to happen. But they are the kind of team that can get off to a really good start, and all of a sudden Kansas City's in a position which they find themselves in often where, all right, we're down 14 to 3, and now we we got to throw the ball. And then if you're coming from behind, then it opens up the possibility of some turnovers. And it also gives it also gives Cleveland the opportunity to do what they do best, which is run the ball and control the clock and keep the Mahomes and company off the field. And, and I don't think it's a better. I mean, you could talk about Derrick Henry and and the Titans, but th- this Cleveland team, when they're with the, you know those rushing stats that John talked about with Baltimore, a lot of that's Deshaun Watson. I mean, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, with. Cleveland, it's not Baker Mayfield running it all that no, often. It's no. just handoff after handoff. It's six yards at a time. It's Chubb and, and Hunt. It's the Chubb and Hunt show. Yeah, I mean, there's some really good uh, offensive duos, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know if you find two two guys have the backfield better. You have two. They uh, have, the, the Browns have two is, number one running backs. Yeah, so. yeah, the most potent tandem in football in that Cleveland backfield. Yeah. I mean, yeah. take it away the Chargers game with the Chiefs, which the Chiefs didn't really play anybody. The Chiefs. They've been. It's been a mixed bag. I mean, they 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 beat New Orleans, which is a good team. They beat the Dolphins. They almost the same scores. So they're not giving up a ton of points. But but every game has been close. Every game has been close. 17-24, Even against the Broncos, twenty two sixteen, thirty five thirty one, thirty three thirty one. I mean, the fir- they blew out the Broncos in the first game. Of course, they blew out the Jets. But other than that, you know, they've been fairly close games. I still think they're the team, obviously, to beat. But there's some – maybe they're more maybe, vulnerable to have that down. Or are they bored? Is it, you know, the Lakers in the regular season? I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. – I don't know. We'll see. Well, see if they listen. If they get into that situation where they're, you know, sometimes they you flip that switch and it doesn't do anything, you know. And as good as Mahomes is, he has to make some mistakes sometime. No one can be perfect, and you know, it could be that uh, Cleveland is the team that capitalizes on that. And it might not come down to Mahomes. It might actually be the case that maybe you can exploit Kansas City's defense and. And control and and not give Mahomes the ball enough for him to so that at the end of the game you actually don't he doesn't have the ball in his hand with a chance yeah. to win because if he yeah. does then it's odds are it's over yeah yeah so, well we'll uh, we'll see what happens with that so why don't we uh, I know we've been talking about a little bit of it so why don't we just uh, wrap up what we've been uh, speaking about um, not in uh, a beaten by the coin uh, moment just yet but as far as the uh, divisional weekend goes. Um, matchup wise, we'll do our picks afterwards. Um, we'll start with uh, Saturday's game: the Packers, uh, Packers and the Rams. Packers are the number one seed. Rams are the number six seed. Um, what do we What do we feel about that matchup? Uh, any specifics in the matchup? We may as well do our picks. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I'm I'm just talking about the matchup itself, like talking about each team and and, and so forth, and just you know, I mean, if we can do an ex- if you want to do an well, extended beaten by the coin, we can do that too, and and have that but look the Rams uh, have the best defense and the best scoring defense and the Packers have the number one scoring offense right so that's pretty much what this you know uh, you say okay well maybe those two things will you know end up in a a stalemate so to speak or something right and maybe it really comes down to can 
Jared Goff and his uh, ruptured thumb is uh, score enough points against a somewhat suspect Packers defense. Maybe yeah. that's the story underneath. Maybe that's where the game really comes down to it. Maybe it is. And 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 remember, uh, Aaron Donald. He had uh, uh, what was his injury? He had. Jeez, uh, I got it written here. <laughs> Looking for it. here we go. Um, uh, he's got torn rib cartilage. That's what it is. He's going to play. You know he's going to play. It's not like he's going to sit out for the game. But um, but how much is that going to hamper him? You know, Is he going to be 100% Aaron Donald or is he going to be 80% Aaron Donald? You know? 80% Aaron Donald's enough. It's still, better, even, than, it's still better than most, yeah. If he's 100% Aaron Donald but maybe he has to take a few extra plays off, right. uh, he could still be affected too. Sure. If, sure. If, if, if the Packers don't turn the ball over, and their defense plays as they have for the last part of the season, then I think it's a close game. But I think that's the key. I think for 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 the Rams to win, they're going to have to force some turnovers, and they're going to have to get points off those turnovers. Gotcha. They're not going to with Goff hurt, even with Goff healthy, uh, they don't win because I because I think the Packers are capable even against this defense of scoring thirty points. I don't think you. I don't think the Rams get to that. Right. So I think right. it's good, I think, especially on offense. So I think the Rams have to force a fumble or two, have a really good day on special teams and defense, and, and put themselves in a position where they're scoring twelve to fifteen points off of you know turnovers to be able to win this game. I got yeah. you. Bigger, bigger bill for the Rams offense yeah. against the Green Bay defense than it is for the Green Bay defense against even that that excellent Rams on uh, defense. Sure. Absolutely. Green Bay offense versus the defense. Maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe, uh, Harry, maybe you were right. Maybe you should just go into beaten by the coin at this point. Sure. Discuss them in there. So, beaten by the coin. Beaten by the coin. I'm sure I'll lose to the coin. No one wants to be beaten by the coin. All right. We're coming down to the wire here. And as usual, pretty much everything is the same. We all went four and two. Not bad. Yeah, okay. that includes the coin, and it's now just uh, the coin is now just two games under five hundred, which is wow. respectable for yeah, respectable yeah. for a co- respectable a for metal. a piece of metal. The coin may come in fourth, but it won the NFC East. And there we go. So yeah, I I, I picked up a game with Washington, and then uh, I mean with uh, LA, and then gave it right back with Washington. So Harry and I remain tied. There you go. Yeah, good, good pick with the Rams. I was that game was a tough one, the Rams and Seahawks. I, you know, you, you, yeah, the Rams, I, the Rams I, are interesting. The Rams I, are interesting. I, I, yeah, they are. They are. I, I put a lot of faith in Washington's uh, defense, and I thought they would. I, I thought the one big mistake they made. Sorry, I don't want to talk about last week's games anymore. But is they didn't try and punch Brady in the mouth enough. Right. So they couldn't get to. Him. And, they, and, they, and, they, and and I think, yeah, they did, but and, I thought Alex Smith not playing. playing. We thought yeah, Alex Smith right. Alex Smith not playing was something of a but I thought they would have uh, been a little bit more creative in trying to get to Tom Brady because that's Tampa, the one thing you can Tampa, do. Tampa Bay's offensive line has been pretty good at protecting yeah. him. Yeah, I think so. All right, so All right. let's move on to what we got going on this week, which is uh one, two, three, four games. And we do have the aforementioned LA Rams uh, hosted by the Green Bay Packers. Right. And I'm gonna let one of you guys pick first. I'll jump in there. Um like we were just saying before uh, I, it's definitely the uh, the Packers offense versus the Rams defense, right? That's the game right there. Um, but Rams do have they, they do have some injuries and on defense as well. 
Um, they also have not played a game, and I know this really doesn't matter, but they have not played a game in below freezing temperature uh, in two years. Okay? Um, but uh, And it's going to be interesting, too, because uh, um, Matt LaFleur and uh, Sean McVay, are, are, they're not only you know former you know colleagues, they're, they're good friends, too. They talk on a regular basis. And um, uh, one of them, I forget, one of them was quoted as saying, they're, you know, this, this Saturday they're enemies, but they're friends the other days. So. But it's going to be interesting. Um, I, I think like we were saying before, Harry, uh, it's going to come down to uh, it's going to come down to the uh, offense of uh, uh, the Packers and uh, the defense of the uh, defense of the Rams. Yeah. If the uh, if the Packers defense can keep playing, I totally agree with that. Uh, keep playing at the level they were playing. But yeah, the, the Packers, um, I'm going with the Packers. I think the Packers, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game. They're not blowing anybody out. get blown out. No, if the Packers don't turn the ball over, I think, you know, you're looking at a a close one, maybe 24-20, 20, 24-21. 27-24. Something like that. At, yeah. yeah, and uh, I think the Packers, the, uh, this, this is sort of how I felt about the Saints last week. Right. I think the Packers have to win this. Yeah. I think Aaron Rodgers has, you know, he's, he's Aaron Rodgers on a mission. He's on a mission, and this is a game they should win. It's not going to be easy. They're at home. They're rested. Doesn't seem like they have any major injuries or COVID-related uh, people being out. And the and the Packers' defense has improved. And I think, I think they'll be able to to bottle up the receivers of the Rams. So again, it's going to come down to the Rams' defense being able to get to Rodgers create turnovers and get points off of it. Yeah. And I think the Packers will do a good enough job. To, they're a veteran team, and I think they'll protect the ball. So I think the Packers win. Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, Packers uh, offense versus the Rams defense. I, I kind of look at it as a, a stalemate. There's going to be points scored, and there's going to be stops made. And I think the underlying story is, can the Rams score enough against the Packers? And with Goff hurt, I don't think so. So I think Green Bay wins this one. And you're right, they're home, they're rested. It's cold weather. And that's not Ellie's jam. It's Green Bay football, the frozen it's Green tundra. Bay football, yeah. Uh, Coin says heads, which is the home team. There you go. So we're all in agreement. Uh, Baltimore and Buffalo. Hmm. Ah, man. Hmm. Good games here. I, I, yeah, I, good games. Again, I don't, I don't necessarily buy the narrative that uh, the, you know Lamar Jackson has now arrived in any of the issues that he had. Uh, Lamar, Lamar Jackson arrived two years ago. Well, but bang. I mean, as far as, as far as getting it done in the playoffs, and well, uh, you can say the same thing about Josh Allen. He didn't look. I mean, he looked okay, but he made some. But he's he, made. But he's a much better quarterback this year than he was last year. Yeah, I don't know if you can really say that about Lamar Jackson. But I think Baltimore is on a mission, and I think they have enough defense to uh, to slow Buffalo down. And uh, I'm not sure Buffalo ha- can say the same thing about uh, slowing Baltimore down. And I'm going to take the Ravens for the win. Interesting. Very interesting. I'm riding the purple bird. <laughs> John, what do you think? I'm, I'm still stewing on uh, I'm stewing myself as well. Um, you know what? It's, look, it's gonna, I think it's going to come down to Allen's passing versus Lamar Jackson's running. You know, that's really what it's going to come down to. And, uh, and that's not a stretch for me to say that by any means, but... Um, you know, Ravens rushing is insane right now, but the Bills seem to be on that mission. I know you said, uh, Pete, that the Ravens are on a mission. Well, I mean, everybody's on a mission at this point in the season, you know. But, uh, 
you know what? I just think there's a little magic happening up in, in Buffalo. Um, I'm, it's going to be a really close game, and it could right. go either way. I'm going to type a B. I'm leaning to the Bills. You're going to go with the Bills? Bills, yeah. All right, B-U-F, there we go. I, I, this is another game I just don't know. I, I agree with both of you guys. I'm just going to – just to spice things up and make a little bit different pick than, than Pete. I think the difference in this game is going to come down to Stefan Diggs. Yep. If he can really do what he's done all year, I think he he's the one guy on both teams receiving-wise. Although, I think he's the difference maker – and I think the Bills will do a better job of forcing Jackson to throw the ball more. Um, but look, this could go either way. But I don't know. I think it's. I think this is more of a pick just because I want them to win. I'm going to go with the Bills. I mean, I just – I can't believe I'm sitting here in the NFL playoffs rooting for Buffalo and Cleveland. But <laughs> there you go. There 2020, you baby. It's carrying over. It ain't over yet. Uh Coin says tails. Coin so with you. Coin is with me. There you go. And picking and, the ring. Uh, uh, which McCall? The and I, I believe I heard. I'm going to check on this actually, but it just occurred to me. I believe I heard this afternoon that the uh, the Bills actually signed Devontae Freeman. Uh, apparently, the Giants released him. So uh, and uh, uh, which McCall? It's out. Uh, so they're uh, they short up their running backs. So <laughs> Freeman's up in Buffalo now. Playing for another New York team. I didn't know you could do that. This, this, I, I guess don't think he can't did. play, though, can he? Don't you have to have uh, your rosters set by a certain? Uh... I believe they. I believe they signed him early enough. I think it was before last week because the well, Giants would have, the Giants would have had him cut him beforehand. Because the the Steelers did the same thing. The Steelers signed a uh, uh, member of the uh, Colts or the Colts. Yeah, somebody the Colts cut after the uh, last week of the season. The Steelers signed him. He played on Sunday. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It was weird. Anyway. Well, listen. That's the narrative that I think the NFL wants. They want. Uh, I think they want Buffalo to win, right. so they'll allow it, whether it's they'll right or wrong. It. All right. All right. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. There's He's, no uh, conspiracy. There's a. Uh, the they want that. They not want have that. any agenda. He's stirring a the pot a little they bit. They want right? that huge market of Baltimore. Yeah. I go. mean, of uh, Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Buffalo. Six of one. All right. Uh, Cleveland at Kansas City. All right. This should be an easy pick, right? Should I mean, be Kansas City. They're the number one team in the league, defending Super Bowl champions. Pat Mahomes, all of those offensive players. Le'Veon Bell is their third string running back for crying out loud. Yeah. Not really, but second string maybe. Right, Hilaire Edwards I think is is the number one guy. Is, they got uh, Kelsey allowed, and and they got Tyree Kill and they got. Um, uh, Jerry Rice's kid and uh, you know Joe Montana's kid. They're they're amazing, <laughs> but but as Harry pointed out, they've had a lot of close games and haven't been really dominant in, in, except for a couple. Yeah, I, I think they're I, I think they're going to come out like a cannon. I think and, and they're fired they, up, right? They're, they're they're, gonna... Like if the Chiefs jump out and score two touchdowns, it's over. And I think they're going to do that. I think they're going to get, finally get off to a strong start. They've been listening. They've been listening to their doubters. They've kind of quietly had one of the best seasons record-wise in a long time. And um, I think the Chiefs win. I mean, I kind of hope I'm wrong because I just hate – unless it's my team, I hate when the favorites just kind of blow through. Yeah. But but they are, they are the Alabama of the NFL, and – 
I think that Browns have, I think the Browns have a great future. I just don't think they're, I don't think they're going to go into Kansas city and win. Uh, I, I, and look, Andy Reed and that staff with a week off to prepare. I, I think, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be just fine. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's, that's a big key to it is they've, they've had a week to digest everything about Cleveland, including the game, you know, against uh, Pittsburgh. Sure. So I, I, I tend to agree. They're just, they really are just too good. And there's, really hasn't been enough indication that they can't turn it on when they want to. Eventually they're going to maybe hit that yeah. game where the switch just doesn't do anything, but I don't think it's going to be in the divisional round against the Cleveland Browns. I'm, I'm not sure this is the last time they faced each other, but I think I'm right. The last time Mayfield and Mahomes played each other. I was in the national uh, title game, right? What was a 66 yeah. 59. Yeah. It was <laughs> win. With Baker Mayfield, Baker yeah. Mayfield one, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and I think you're right. If Cleveland gets down by a couple scores, then they're just they're going to be pushing it. They're going to be prone to right. making mistakes, and yeah. I don't think they, if they can't, if they can't mix in enough of the run, they don't have the. Look, just listen yeah, to these stats. Was, listen to these stats for quick. I I forgot about like this. Eight hundred something passes. Oh, no, 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 no. Baker Mayfield went twenty-seven of thirty-six for five hundred and forty-five yards and seven touchdowns. And Patrick Mahomes went 52 of 88 <laughs> for 734 yards and Seven, five TDs. 734 yards. yards. Oh, my God. Mixon, who I think was, is on the Bengals now, right? Yeah, he's on the Bengals. Right? Had 377 yards from scrimmage and five touchdowns. I have a question. Did any either of those teams play defense at all during this game? No, for the scrimmage. <laughs> and this weekend it's going to be like thirteen to nine. Be no, I, I, th- I think I think it'll be a thirteen to eight, 13, 30, 13 to five, and, and five, five, double throw a forty-four yard touchdown and have almost as many passing yards as Mayfield did. Right. Well, as as far as my pick goes, I mean, it's it's you know, look, I the the Browns are a great story. Um, I think uh, it, it the chapter ends this weekend. Um, the Chiefs are winning the game, and it and it it could very easily turn out to be a thirty eight thirty one or thirty three thirty one game again. Uh, you know, so Chiefs um, Chiefs Chiefs are favored by ten. Yeah, I don't. Uh, well, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the Browns, you know, the Browns won last week. They played Pittsburgh two weeks in a row. And and Pittsburgh obviously had oh, in one shows. game they didn't really play anybody. In one game they didn't play anybody. Yeah, and the, the and, week before and they barely won. And a couple weeks before that they lost to the Jets. So, um, you know, so and it, it, look, it, it's it's the same story we were talking about before. Which team are you going to get, right? But yep. I, yeah, I don't think that I don't think they're going to be able to get by Kansas City. It's just not going to happen. Right. Um, although I will say one thing. Uh, just see the report. Uh, they interviewed uh, Kareem Hunt after the game on Sunday, and he said next week it's personal, uh, you know, because he he's very, very, very upset that the Chiefs got rid of him. Um, so it's personal for him. So he wants to be a one man wrecking crew. And yeah, the Chiefs well, good on, luck on, with that. You know, so. <laughs> good luck. Why don't you wind up on on defense and try to cover? <laughs> yeah, try to cover Tyreek Hill. Well, there you go. Let's see what the coin says. Coin says tails. So they like the Cleveland Browns. And uh okay. um Claypool uh on the uh Steelers on the Steelers. Yeah, is that Les Claypool's son? Yes, yeah, sure. Is, right? Why not? Yeah. 
uh, which we call it um, obscure <laughs> reference of the day. <laughs> he oh, said that uh, he said, <laughs> yeah, less Claypool obscure reference of the day. He said that um, uh, that you know it was a bad loss for the Steelers, but next week the Browns are going to get clapped, so okay. he's okay with it. So that's, all right, that was, cool. that's his quote. They follow right. COVID protocol. They won't get the clap. There you go. That brings us to uh, Tampa Bay at Nolens. There you go. And you know what? I'm going to flip the coin first because I don't think we ever do that. No, let the, the coin not? go first. So let's get the coin go first. And the coin says heads, hmm. which is the Nolens Saints. There you go. I just put it in Johnny's box. I'm sorry. Move that over. So there yeah, we go. You can leave it in Johnny's um, box. Well, listen, we talked about uh, Tampa Bay being in the thick of this thing until the end, right? Maybe getting to the Super Bowl, and despite a few ups and downs, they have done it. These are two good teams, you know? Yeah, they're both very good. These are the two best combined 89-year-old quarterbacks that I've ever seen. Play well, there the is there there is a graphic that uh, they're putting up for uh, for this, uh, this, uh, this game. It's going to be Sunday night. It's going to be televised on the History Channel. And uh, <laughs> this here's the two... Uh, uh, two quarterbacks right there, uh, Tom Brady on the uh, left and Drew Brees on the right. Brady's um, got that uh, almost a David Letterman beard going. He's got that David, Letter- yeah, good he, David he, Letterman beard going. He looks like a barista from Williamsburg. <laughs> he <laughs> looks like the cousin of the most interesting man alive. That's right. He, def- he definitely uh, makes furniture out of recycled leather parts and uh, tree trunks. And uh, on the weekends, uh, he makes the best uh, kombucha latte in all of the uh, <laughs> Kombucha latte, yeah, uh-huh. uh, and then and then of course Drew Brees uh, looks like a, any seventh grade history teacher, uh, or somebody that's not allowed next to a playground. Six or one. Yeah, he looks uh, kind of to me. Looks kind of like a guy who sits in Starbucks yeah. writing his novel. Yeah, if he walks, yeah, if, if, yeah, if, yeah, if, if he if he goes into a uh, used car dealership and starts looking at vans, they uh, they say maybe not, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Could you leave, sir? Yeah. Can I uh, help folks, you, sir? I don't think so. Get out. That's folks, right. anybody listening to the podcast on uh, the audio feed, um, you're, you're going to want to just check out the uh, re- rebroadcast on Facebook or YouTube of yeah, the check live it out feed on YouTube. and check this out. This was actually, or you can actually just go to Twitter, too. Tom Brady actually posted this picture yesterday. So uh, that's uh, that's pretty funny. Drew Brees, shared, Drew Brees shared it within five minutes. I mean, I don't know. They both, they both look pretty damn good. Yeah. I, I, but Drew Brees is holding the ball lefty, though. Yeah, yeah. But you know what's? Here, I'll put this back up again. I mean, um, he looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Drew, Drew, Drew Brees. <laughs> Drew Brees in this picture is only about ten years older than he is right now. Tom Brady in this picture is about a hundred and ten years older than he is right now. <laughs> it's just That's the gray. The he still looks good. He still looks younger than the George Blanda picture, of the, <laughs> right? When he was forty-three. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, like this. This is, a, this is a picture where Drew Brees was coming back after being out of the league for a while. Right. And Tom Brady just retired. Just retired. Just missed. Just missed it. And that's what they look like. There you go. If football had old timers games. This is what this is what they would look like. You know, <laughs> yeah. like when the, when the Yankees waddle out some dude who's like gained like six hundred pounds at his playing days. He pitches like two thirds of an inning and then has to be sent to you know the hospital. Right. Yeah, he's being you know ambulance to St. Vincent's because he you know had a, yeah. This is what this is sort of what this looks like. So anyway. Well, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna pick this one. I'm gonna pick New Orleans. I'm taking yep. the Saints. I think it's gonna be a good game. Uh, I think uh, I think it's gonna come down uh, to which defense plays better and is able to play longer. Uh, you know, stay off the field uh, more. Um, and I think that's gonna be uh, I think that's gonna be the Saints. I think the Saints are gonna win this game. 
remember, we have 85 years combined uh, uh, age between both quarterbacks. Um, both capable of big numbers. Uh, you know, yeah. I think it's and I think it's going to come down to the defenses. And actually, to be quite honest with you, it could very well come down to who's on the field last. Yeah. Um, you know, I the logical side of me, the Spock side of me, says the Saints will win this game, but I will be rooting for Tampa Bay. Okay. I just I want to see Brady make it back. I want him to win one more. I just uh, six isn't enough. No, I I. I look. I want both these guys to win it and then retire and get the fuck out of the league. <laughs> but um, I just, I, I, I just think Tampa Bay's still got some question marks. I think New Orleans has been playing together longer, and I, I'll be honest with you. I think it's the, it's a coaching edge. I just give the coaching edge to New Orleans now. New Orleans has come up short in a lot of games, playoff games of the last three or four years that they should have won. Yeah. So I was tempted to pick Tampa Bay, but I'm going to go with the Saints. Gotcha. I'm uh I I concur. I concur. The Saints uh you know what? Uh, it's it's a great story and uh yeah, and I'm I'm sure Brady and uh and company would uh, love to stick it to uh uh Mr. Belichick uh, up in uh up in New England saying, "Hey, look, you didn't even make the postseason and I won another Super Bowl without you." So, yeah. um and that would be a good narrative for that, but no, the Saints are winning the game. It's going to be close. It's going to be a good game, and that's uh, you know, it's probably a good thing that it's the, you know, it's the late game on on Sunday, you know. It's got that 6:40 start, that Super Bowl start time. Uh so, we'll see what happens, but yeah, I think the Saints are winning. So, there you go. All right. So, and, and I'm I'm actually I'm I'm glad you picked uh New Orleans, Harry, because we have one difference between us. So one of us is going to be a game ahead after this week. All right. Depending on the Buffalo-Baltimore game. So that's a good – fact, I was thinking I should let you pick first, and then I might have just picked the opposite. <laughs> well, you still can. Uh, you can change it if you want. Yeah, no, I don't, no, because we have that one different game, so that's better. I was tempted just for, you know, to make things more interesting. I, I, I think this game is going to be closer. I don't think it's a shoe-in for the Saints. Um but it's gonna be a shootout, though, right? It, yeah, it might not. It might not be. What's the over under on this game? I think it's probably sixty. What is the line? Yeah, I just I was thinking about that. The, the line has New Orleans by I think four and a half or something like that. Uh, that's probably a pretty good bet. So yeah, but I'm I'm glad we do have the one uh, differential. Oh, look, it might get uh, might get wiped out. Saints by, Saints, Saints by three. I think it started at four and a half, and it's down to three now. Saints okay. by three. It, it, so they just, got, they just got the home field. That's it. They got the home field three points. That's all. Yeah. So, all right. All right. So be a good game. All right. All there right. we go. There you go. Beaten by the coin. All right. That brings us to our top ten list of the week. Our top ten list, we we uh, we kept in at football. It's still football season, obviously postseason. But we kept in football. We switched it up a little bit. We're done with players. Uh, we got some other stuff we're going to be doing. Uh, but this week we did top 10 football movies of all time. Top 10 football movies of all time. Well, in uh, usual fashion with us, uh, we each put our 10 in. And uh, we did our voting uh, and we did our calculating the way we do it. And, folks, this is actually happens every week. Uh, this week we have 15 movies that are our top that are our top 10 list and we'll try to be quick we we well with their movies so yeah. there's not a lot of stats to give well so. there's always box office yeah, yeah, well box office absolutely so uh yeah we got we had five ties we had a, a tie for ninth a tie for eighth a tie for sixth a tie for second 
And we actually have a tie for the number one movie. So, And uh, I'll give you a little hint. Those are actually the oldest two movies on the list and they're the tie for the number one spot. Anyway, let's uh, start. Let's kick it off. Um, Harry, why don't you uh, kick us off with number 10? Number 10, also known as number 15, is... Let's kick it off with a bang. A little Scott Bakula, a little Hector Alaza, and uh, so a very young Jason Bateman, and some Rob Schneider. Yes, indeed, it's Necessary Roughness, a team about the Tex- uh, fictional, t- at the time, Texas State football team. There is actually a Texas State University now. Um, and it, it, look, this film, it touches on an up-and-coming season at the fictional Institute of Texas State University, its football team, the Fighting Armadillos. This was uh, this was based on uh, I think the team being only having one player eligible to play after uh, some for some violations that were handed down to them, and uh, they were once the most powerful team in college football, and if they're winning consecutive conference and national championships, massive NCAA violations resulted in the program having to forfeit years worth of victories. All of the coaches are fired and all of the players are banned from returning and expelled from college except Charlie Banks, the only clean player who never got to play despite having heart. Look. um, (laughs) Thank you for that synopsis. Yeah. Wow, that was more than I ever knew nor wanted to know about that movie. I feel like I don't have to see it now. Yeah, you you don't. And uh, (laughs) the rest is... um, You know, look, if you want to see a, a cameos by Kathy Ireland. And yeah, well, thin, that's what I'm going to say. Because, thin, because, thin, of thin this, because of this place kicker right here on the right. That's right. You're going to want to watch the movie. Yeah. yeah. So. She's my second favorite place kicker in this list. But, uh, <laughs> and a heck of an actress. She's, she really is. And I, I find her clothing line really comfortable. <laughs> comfortable? Yeah, um, you want a lot of it. You have a couple closets worth. I, I do. I have almost as much. Yeah, I, I it, look. I, I'm going to try to be nice about this movie, but Scott Bakula and Sinbad is not necessarily a recipe for success. It looks good on paper. It did okay. Better, much better on paper than on screen. I think it was one of the first times that Sinbad was quoted as saying yes. "pate." So, hey, but, Roger uh, Ebert gave it three out of four stars. There you go, and. and uh, the, the Los Angeles Times, this, is, this kind of sums it up, I think, called it a genial, slight, entirely predictable football comedy. <laughs> there you go. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's not, anything wrong not. with that. Those, oh, can by the way, those can be fun. Absolutely. Just, not to go off too much, but these are players who had cameos in it, okay? Mm-hmm. Jerry Rice, Roger Craig, Earl Campbell, Dick Buckus, Ben Davidson, Tony Dorsett, Ed Tutal, Jones, Herschel Walker, Jim Kelly, and Randy White. And Chris Berman and Evander Holyfield. So that, I, it was an all-star cast. There was, a, there was a lot of trailers on that set. Ben Davidson never would have uh, got the Conan the Barbarian gig if it wasn't for unnecessary roughness. Absolutely yeah. not. Look, this that film launched his acting career. The, the film still made over twenty-six million dollars in nineteen ninety-one. So. There you go. There you go. And uh, also, Rob Schneider, uh, great announcer. Um, you know. Reprised his uh, 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 role on uh, the one skit on SNL with the uh, you know Fumbleaya Fumbleruski, uh, that was uh, interesting. So you know a lot of a uh, lot of good a uh, lot of good talent uh, back in ninety one yeah. or ninety one right that was the ninety. Rob, thank God for Adam Sandler Schneider. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Back, back when he could almost stand on his own merits. There you go. No. 
Number 10, necessary roughness. <laughs> I will take uh, I will take number nine. Number nine, speaking of Adam Sandler, uh, I will take number nine. Number nine would be Waterboy. Waterboy, the Waterboy. Uh, is it the Waterboy or is it Waterboy? It's, the, it's, water the, it's the Waterboy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so I'll throw the uh, graphic up there. Um, yeah, it uh, came out in uh, 1998. Uh, it was, uh, give you the pot, Bobby Boucher Jr., a socially inept, stuttering 31-year-old, somewhat mentally challenged man, serving as the water boy for the University of Louisiana football program. He lives with his overprotective and extremely religious mother, Helen, and believes his father, Robert Sr., died of dehydration in the Sahara while serving in the Peace Corps back in the 60s. Uh, I won't read more of that. Uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, he goes uh, goes to college, uh, joins the team uh, uh, as their water boy, uh, winds up becoming uh, the best defensive player in, uh, in in the world in football, let alone uh, let alone college. Uh, and the, um, uh, was it the SCLS, um, uh, whatever it is, the Mud Dogs, <laughs> the South Central Louisiana State University Mud Dogs, that's what it is. Um, yeah, hey, you know what? Fun movie. A uh, lot, lot of interesting parts in it, but one of the uh, good parts in it is, uh, is this guy was in the movie, made a, uh, made a cameo, Mr. Uh, LT. Uh, you know, he's, he's actually uh, part and parcel of a couple of the movies on our list. This is the first one that uh, we'll make reference to LT, uh, football-wise uh, movies on this list. But, yeah, Bobby Boucher, uh, just a... Crazy defensive talent uh, in this uh, movie. But, hey, you know what? Uh, if you like Tappy Gilmore if you, you like want to trade in your golf clubs <laughs> for you, a water can you, and yeah, the water Tappy boy. Gil don't forget. And the wedding singer. Don't forget that. You know, but right. here's a couple other people who were in this movie. You know, as Adam Sandler always said, Kathy Bates, uh, Henry Winkler, Jerry Reed. Uh, 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 Interesting uh, people in this. Kathy Bates is just good in anything. She, Kat, does. she really is. And then, and here's your cameos for uh, for this movie would be uh, Lawrence Taylor, obviously in that picture there. Lynn Swan, Jimmy Johnson, Bill Cower, uh, Paul the Big Show, White, and Rob Schneider is of course in this movie as well. So there you go. Number nine B that was the Water Boy. Top ten movies with Rob Schneider. <laughs> He's the Michael Caine of Adam Sandler movies. There you go. Right. Uh, Pete, why don't you bring us to number nine A? Other right, no number nine A, also known as number thirty four, <laughs> is I believe the only documentary on our list, and that is uh, called true documentary. True. Do well, yeah. I mean, well, I think a lot of them are documentary true stories, of. but yeah. 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 Right. Right. This was. Right. Um, not necessarily based on a true story. It was a true story. Mm -hmm. uh, called, and it's called Undefeated from 2011, which is basically uh, more about their coach. Uh, it does follow three of the players of the Manassas High School team. Uh, this is the Manassas Tigers from uh, uh, a really rather poor, uh, destitute, one might say, section of Memphis, Tennessee, and a team that really just... Um, doesn't win much and didn't win much. And this is kind of the story um, of their their coach, Bill Courtney, and follows him and a couple of his players as they uh, go for a winning season. Uh, I've been told it's very inspirational. I've never actually seen it. It's good. Uh, it's really yeah. good. But um, I guess uh, Courtney was not a, a coach by trade. He offered to... to um, uh, Help try and turn the team around, and then uh, 
Uh, I can't give you any spoilers because, like I said, I haven't seen it. But I guess, I don't know, did they win a playoff game at the end? Breaking something like a hundred-year losing streak for the school right. as far as uh, as far as their playoff aspirations go. So uh, I, it, reading about it makes me want to check it out. So I guess sure. that's, that's probably the, the biggest endorsement I can give for it. There you go. Number 9A, undefeated. Uh, I will take uh, – um, I'm sorry, Pat. Why yes, you, indeed. Uh, why don't you bring us to number 9A? 9A is the – I'm expre- sorry. That no, was 9A. 8, 8B. 8B. <laughs> I get confused with all these numbers on this list. 8B. Uh, 8B, almost the same as 9C. <laughs> <laughs> is the Express, the Ernie right. Davis story, which I actually really like this film. Yeah, it, it's a good it's, movie. It's a good movie. It's, it's all in the title. It's about Ernie Davis, who is the first African-American to win the Heisman Trophy and kind of follows his career f- from Syracuse University to the Cleveland Browns and how he kind of followed in uh, Jim Brown's Jim Brown. shadow sure. quite a bit both and and uh, and then had a very sad sort of um, end to his professional career due to, to illness and health concerns. Uh, but really great film who Rob Brown plays Ernie Davis and Chadwick Boseman plays Floyd Little and Floyd Little who recently passed away. And I think a couple weeks ago here and was a, um, the first real superstar for the Denver Broncos and is still uh, a legend in this town for sure. So I I highly recommend this. It's, 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 it's definitely uh, not as, over the top as a lot of football movies. It's, it's actually a really good film. It stars Dennis Quaid, which I think almost every mo- football movie has Dennis Quaid in it at some point. Like, yeah, there's several on our list. Yeah. yeah, if it's not a comedy with Rob Schneider, then it's 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 a, Dennis a drama Quaid. with Dennis Quaid. Yeah, yeah, he plays uh, you know Ben Schwartzwalder, who is a Syracuse football head coach, who who really was another guy who did a lot to sort of promote African American athletes at the time. Yep. And um, it's it's a good story. Uh, I highly recommend it. The Express, the Ernie Davis story. There you go. Number eight B, The Express. I'll take number eight A. Number eight A is Varsity Blues. Varsity Blues. Um, that would be a nineteen. It was nineteen ninety nine American coming of age sports comedy drama uh, film directed by Brian Robbins. It was uh, Jonathan Mox Moxon, played by James Vanderbeek, an intelligent and academically gifted backup quarterback for the West Canaan High School varsity football team. Despite his rel- relative popularity at school, easy friendships with other players, and smart and sassy girlfriend, uh, played by Amy Smart, uh, his dissatisfied with his life. He wants to leave Texas and go to school at Brown. Uh, he's consist- uh, constantly at odds with his football-obsessed father and dreads playing under legendary head coach Bud Kilmer, played by John Boyd. Um, good roles by uh, John Boyd, by the way. He, he played a definitely wanted, definitely wanted to hate the, the man. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, so uh, verbally, abuse, verbally abusive, controlling authority, who believes in winning at all costs. Kilmer has a strong track record uh, as a as a coach, uh, remarking in a speech that in my thirty years of coaching at West Canaan, I have brought two state titles and twenty two district championships. Um, anyway, so there's uh, there's Mox in the picture and uh, Billy Bob. Uh, right there, um, Paul Walker. You can see him right on the uh, side there. He uh, he's the quarterback that goes down when uh, uh, Mox comes in and takes over. Anyway, so that's uh, that's Varsity Blues, and then of course the uh, um, 
probably most talked about scene if you haven't seen the movie uh would be uh would be uh, this one right here uh whipped cream bikini time so uh anybody watching if you haven't seen the movie you might want to go watch it so i think that she was, was my in, halloween costume that was that was that was pete's halloween costume last year and the uh, best thing about this film is there's no rob schneider no rob schneider in this movie this this actress was in uh was in uh um, legally blonde too uh which just missed our list by the way um but in any event, it's only because there was no football. Only in because there was no football in it. No, yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, anyway, if so we were on top eleven, uh, then Legally uh, Blonde might. Well, have we would have had another four movies if we. Well, if we did 11, top eleven, so. it would be the top seventy-three <laughs> movies of all time. So, in any event, there you go. Number eight A Varsity Blues. Um, P, why don't you bring us to number uh, number seven? Uh, first, finally, a number with uh, no letter after it. Number seven. Seven with a number. Number seven or 12 or something, whatever. <laughs> something like that. Uh, this is a movie that is based on a true story and a really heartbreaking story. It's uh, We Are Marshall yeah. uh, from 2006. Uh, the movie was made and tells the story of the uh, Marshall University Thundering Herd, uh, which uh, the university resided in. Huntington, West Virginia, and uh, in 1970, they, a plane crash basically took the lives of pretty much the entire uh, football team along with uh, staff members and some boosters. It was an absolute tragedy, and this tells the story of uh, their coach, Jack Lengel, Leng, I guess, Lengel, Leng, that sounds right, mm-hmm. uh, who's played by Matthew McConaughey. And uh, he comes on the scene in March 1971 and helps rebuild uh, the team and kind of helps the university heal and helps the uh, the, the community heal. Uh, and it's uh, it's I have actually seen this film. Then yeah. it maybe falls a little bit short in that it's a little too Hollywood at times. Um, and... Um, uh, scored a 48 on the tomato meter, but uh, 79% on the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. So more of a fan favorite than than a critic's favorite. Uh, but again, uh, it is a a uh, both a tragic story and a story of triumph at the same time. And if you haven't seen it, uh, I, I can actually recommend this one. It's it's a pretty good movie. Yeah, there you go. Number seven, We Are Marshall. Harry, why don't you bring us to number 6B? 6B is The Blind Side, which is uh, based on the life of and the book um, and, the, and the story of Michael Orr, who went on to become an offensive lineman for the Baltimore Ravens. And uh, it's, it's basically about an impoverished young man who um, loses his family, comes from extreme poverty, and is adopted. By the Tuies, it's uh, Leanne Tuie being played by none other than Sandra Bullock. Uh, you know the ups and downs of his young career, but ultimately leading to to um, him making it all the way to college and then to the NFL. And I, I thought this was a pretty good film. It's very Hollywood. Obviously, there's you know a little bit of of a kind of racial controversy and stereotype with the white savior narrative, you know, of the African-American male who's unable to overcome the difficulties of poverty without the help of his, uh, you know, white mother. Look, 
this this actually did happen in real life. So right. it, I thought true it was stories. Yeah, and and, and liberties actually, were taken, but it's a yeah, yeah. And, and I actually thought it was uh, a, you know fairly good telling of it, although albeit with enhancements to make it people go to see the film. And it was actually a pretty popular film, and, and um, it won. Uh, you know, it, it did fairly well. And I think it did really well. You know, with, with rentals and being released afterwards from the, from the theater, but it did win an Oscar. I, think, well, I thought it did win an Oscar. I don't know. Um, Let's see. I don't think so. It, it won a, uh, she won a category. She did. She did win Oscar uh, winner performance by, yeah, for, yeah, yeah, she won. Yeah, she, uh, she, she won. won. So the movie didn't, yeah, she won. Yeah, yeah she won. So, yeah. Um, couple and a golden globe and a screen actors award. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was the first movie in a while where Sandra Bullock wasn't driving a bus, so I guess it's okay. <laughs> um, you know, Michael Orr was a, was a pretty good player. Won a Super Bowl, and uh, I, I remember somebody gave me this movie uh, on DVD one year, and, and I, I actually thought it was a pretty good film. Uh, so you know, yeah, I it, thought it, it was very. It, it, it made three hundred and nine million dollars at the box office. Yeah. Yeah. So I, enough, I, guess that's, uh, I guess that's pretty successful. It is very there were enough moments in it that if you're you know flipping through the channels and it comes on, there's right. a few points that you'll kind of watch for a while because you want to see this particular moment or that particular scene. Sure, I, I thought it was a pretty good movie. I think it's a I think it's a great movie. And then a couple points about it too. This is the second instance of where LT is involved in a movie because she she talks about in the beginning of the movie and the end. Um, the blind side, obviously, of uh, the mm-hmm. offensive line and the quarterback, or at least the right uh, right-handed quarterbacks. Right sides from the left, and it's uh, the left tackle is the left most, tackle. They right. say is the most important position on the Absolutely. offensive line, except for the Giants. But um, the <laughs> oh, it's, <laughs> it's important. They just it's don't. important. They just don't. They keep trying. Right. They just <laughs> not not to them, maybe but to them, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah, and it's part. It's partly and mainly, obviously, and they they, they talk about it at the beginning of the movie because of Lawrence Taylor and specifically what he did with Joe Theismann back in 1985. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's and uh, and uh, the other uh, other connection to the water boy, of course, is uh, Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates <laughs> is in the movie <laughs> as well. Yes, yes. And, if we're, and if we're going to go over the uh, there's some brief appearances by Lou Holtz and uh, Nick, Nick Saban. Saban. And, Saban. That's right. The, the, and uh, some other coach, the initials TT, who I'd rather not talk about. <laughs> uh, but in any event, uh, a couple other things about movie. Uh, the uh, daughter. Uh, her name, uh, her first name uh, is Collins. Collins Tui. Um, the actress that played her is Lily Collins. So her last name in you know, real life is her first name in the movie. And the reason I say it and I bring it up isn't just because of that stupid little coincidence. It's because it's actually Phil Collins' daughter. Yes. Um, from Genesis. Yeah, Phil right. Collins' daughter uh, played Collins Tui in the movie. So it's yes. a, little, a little interesting fact. And actually Michael Orr, the actual real Michael Orr, wasn't actually happy with the movie. No, uh, he, he yeah, did, I do. I remember like reading it. that. I didn't like it. Yeah, so. yeah. But, Lily Collins read all of her uh, lines in seven, eight time signatures. So it was <laughs> did, really, right. really good. She was, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you, should, you could hear her breaking into uh, in the air tonight at one point in the uh, in the show. So, but anyway, yeah, there they had go. her. They had her on a uh, muted gate. Exactly. For all of her vocals. That's right, gated reverb. Yeah, <laughs> gated, yeah, reverb, gated yeah. reverb. That's it. I knew it had to get the word gated. Oh, yeah. There you go. Well, there you go, folks. Six B, the Blind Side. I'll take six A. Six A would be Draft Day. Draft Day is a 2014 movie. Uh, it's an American sports drama, uh, filmed by uh, Ivan Reitman and uh, starring 
none other than Mr. Kevin Costner. Uh, there's the movie right there. Um, yeah, he. Uh, uh, the the plot is on the morning of the 2014 NFL draft. Uh, this whole entire movie takes place in one day. Uh, it starts in the morning and finishes at night. The entire movie's one day. Uh, 2014 NFL draft. Cleveland Browns general manager Sonny Weaver Jr., played by uh, Kevin Costner, must decide how to use the seventh overall pick to improve the team. But he has other problems on his mind. His semi secret semi secret girlfriend Allie Parker. Uh, played by, uh, who is that, uh, uh, Jennifer Garner, uh, is the team's salary cap analyst, is pregnant, and the recent death of his father uh, causes tensions with his mother. Sonny has fired his father, a legendary coach for the Browns, who later admits was for his mother's sake because his father refused to retire, even with failing health. And uh, he uh, winds up trading picks and getting them back and moving things around, and it's it's a pretty interesting movie. Um, you know, yeah, again, uh, as Harry referred to, uh, some of these movies before Hollywood, sure. And what, what movies aren't really going to be Hollywood when they're made in Hollywood, right? But, uh, it's actually pretty Movie interesting. Express. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty fast moving and, uh, it doesn't really have any slow parts. Uh, I, I, uh, it's a, good, it, it's a good film. I thought it was a good film. I thought it was a very good film. I thought it was well-made. I thought it was interesting. And the fact that it takes place in one day and it's, you know, chronological of right. the goings-on in that day and what they were actually able to achieve uh, at that That's day right. of the draft. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. It's a good movie, yeah, I think. Instead of watching the Zapruder film, he's watching, a uh, you know, highlights of, of, of game day film. Right. If, if I ever want to watch a football movie with Kevin Costner, that'll be the one. There yeah. Yeah. No Kathy Bates, though, or Rob nope. Schneider. <laughs> no Kathy. Rob Schneider uh, actually. Well, that's why it didn't uh, win any awards. No Rob. Uh, he read for the lead, uh, but he yeah, did. Costner beat him out. So. That's right. There you go. Number six A draft day. The draftinator. The, the draftinator. Uh, well, there you go. <laughs> he went All off right. script, and that's why he lost the part. Just a little bit. All right. So there you go. All right, uh, Pete. Why don't you bring us to number five? Number five or number twenty-two. Uh, which is, uh, uh, I think this is a good movie and I enjoy it very much. And there were a lot of people who panned it, but they're just Tom Cruise haters. It's Jerry Maguire, written and directed by Cameron Crowe, who basically followed Lee Steinberg or Lay Steinberg around uh, for, I think, about a year and a half yeah. and then wrote and then directed this movie about Jerry Maguire, the agent, and uh, his trials and tribulations. He leaves a big agency. And Renee Zellweger plays uh, uh, an office assistant, I think, who decides to go with him, and they have a relationship, and he ends up with just one client. Uh, Rod Tidwell. Uh, Rod Tidwell, played by uh, Cuban Gooding Jr. And um, I, I, to me, this is a very entertaining movie. Um, Tom Cruise has a lot of things that you could say are kind of icky about him or whatever, but Right. Uh, I, I find him very enjoyable in any number of films and uh, kind of equally unenjoyable in any uh, uh, number of other films. But uh, to me, Jerry Maguire is a funny movie. There's some touching moments. It is really Hollywood when you get down to the end. It's I all mean, Hollywood, it, yeah. It's just really... But you're kind of expecting that, or at least I was. And so it didn't bother me. Like, I was happy that everything turned out okay. And that was, uh, I, I think, part of the genius of Cameron Crowe is he took these sort of cookie-cutter Hollywood characters and made you root for them. Um, and, and, you know, uh, I 
if, if you've never seen Jerry Maguire, you're, you're missing out. Give it a watch. Jerry Maguire, the year of, will Cuba Gooding Jr. please go away? Yeah. And he did. <laughs> yeah. He and... was uh, yeah he was Michael Caine there for uh, <laughs> for yes. a couple of years. How dare you? He's no Michael Caine. No. Well, I mean, it's just in the fact that he was in every movie. Michael yeah. Caine would yeah was not uh, in on every People magazine cover though. This is true. And That's... of course, don't forget, show me the money. Yeah, one of the one, one of the annoying uh... lines in the history of the movie. <laughs> That and uh, who let the dogs out back, back right. around the same day, same time. That's right. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was crazy there. So yeah, I think the soundtrack wasn't by the Baja Men. Was it, it was not by the Baja Men. <laughs> no. Okay, it was, not, no. it was by Boys to Men. <laughs> yeah, six of one. Uh, but there you go, Jerry Maguire, uh, number five. All right, um, Harry, bring us to number four, please. Number four is Friday Night Lights, which uh, is. Follow a film that follows the coach and players of a high school football team in Odessa, which, um, you know, if you know about football, high school football in Texas, then I think this film, which obviously the the TV show was based on, uh, certainly addresses, uh, you know, this is really, I think the star of this is really how they captured that state's obsession, especially these small towns with their high school football and how big it is. Uh, a part of their life. Uh, it was based on a book, Friday Night Lights, a town, a team, and a dream. Uh, the movie came out in 2004. The book was written in 1990. Um, and Billy Bob Thornton is actually really good. It's, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's a second movie that it's second in line of movies where he plays a coach. I think he was great in the Bad News Bears. <laughs> but, um, it, you know, if, if you know the TV, this this is much more of a movie but it's really about how these players and coaches are put on such a pedestal at such a young age and how they kind of struggle sometimes to, to live beyond that at post football at the age of 18 years old. And, um, you know, it, I, I thought it was a pretty good film. A uh, couple NFL Ty law makes an, uh, of cameo keep to lead Roy Williams, it, it, good film and i thought the action shots in this were pretty good and um i like the fact that it talks about high school football in a pretty realistic way i mean it's a slicker movie but it's it's almost i mean peter berg directed it and i wouldn't say he's really uh hollywood with the capital h kind of director i mean this is almost like an indie film uh, about football it's not yeah. bad yeah it's a good movie Enjoy it. I'm, there's so many people that watch the, uh, you know, uh, the, the TV show now. Yeah, I've never it's, seen the TV show, but I know it's enormous. It's not, yeah. Is it uh, still on? It's well, it's on Netflix. <clears throat> I don't, I don't think there's any more uh, seasons right. of it. I think it's done, but uh, anybody can, you know, binge watch it if you will on that. But the movies, it's almost, it's, it's the same thing, but it's not. So, right. It, yeah, yeah, I've never seen the TV series, but the yeah. movie is uh, pretty spectacular. Yeah. So there you go. Number four, Friday Night Lights. And it's got a guy named Booby in it. <laughs> Booby, yeah. Booby. And I, uh, I got to tell you, to me, that's, that scene where he cleans out his locker, spoiler alert, and he gets back <laughs> in the car with, I guess it's, it's his uncle or I don't know if it's his dad mm -hmm. or his uncle, whatever, and his knee is screwed up. And he just breaks down crying, and he says, "What am I going to do if I can't play football?" Yeah. And to me, that's just one of the most heartbreaking scenes, sure, uh, in the movies. I just I see that, and you just 
you know, yeah. again, it's a film and it's a character and it's acting, but to yeah. me, that always kind of struck home and, uh, yeah. Kind of it's, it, yeah, it's. I mean, it's similar to what, what was the movie where uh, Dennis Quaid plays a quarterback who uh, everybody's uh, all American. Yeah, I I like that film. I thought that was a good one too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so. it's it's just I don't know. It's just a it's a it's a good movie. And there's again, that's one of those things where there's you you'll be flipping through, you'll put it on, you go, oh, I'm just gonna watch until watch this, part, this yeah. scene, yeah. and then you kind of get caught up in it, and then you watch it to the end anyway. Of course, exactly. So, there you go. Number four, Friday Night Lights. I'll take number three. Number three is The Replacements. The Replacements. Um, it's a uh, 2000 movie um, about a fictional team in a fictional league. Uh, I believe the, uh, I don't know if they actually ever say the uh, uh-huh. name of the league. It's not the NFL or anything, but a f- fictional uh, pro football league uh, is hit with a player strike uh, with four games left in the season. The Washington Sentinels owner, uh, Edward O'Neill calls on a uh, former coach of his, Jimmy McGinty, and asking, asks him to uh, coach the Sentinels' replacement players for the rest of the season, adding that winning three of the last four games will get the Sentinels into the playoffs. McGinty accepts on the condition that he can sign the players he wants without O'Neill's interference, and he begins to pick apart these misfits and, and so forth and so on. And, of course, there's uh, Keanu Reeves right there. Uh, wearing the number 16 jersey of uh, Shane Falco, and I'll uh, just take that off, and that's what I'm wearing right now. So that's my jersey for the evening is the Falco jersey from the Washington Sentinels. Uh, I don't have a Sentinels hat. That's why I'm wearing the Bills hat because it matched, and uh, the Bills are playing in the playoffs this week, so there you go. Anyway, uh, but, uh, yeah, the, it, it's uh, the, the players they bring in, I mean, they got uh, Gene Hackman's in it, obviously, with Keanu Reeves. Jack Warden uh, plays uh, uh, plays uh, Ed O'Neill. Uh, not the not the actor, <laughs> the owner of the uh, the owner of the Sentinels. Um, and ironically enough, we were talking about uh, uh, Heaven Can Wait before. Uh, Jack Warden was actually in Heaven Can Wait too. Yeah, that's right, he was. Uh, you know, and, and uh, also Phil Collins' daughter. <laughs> no, Phil Collins was in that movie actually, I believe. Uh, but uh, John Favreau's in this as well. Uh, How did this make it to number three? Did you have it as number one, John? Uh, no, I did not have it as number one. Uh, it just it it kind of I think it I think it made it by a point uh, out of four, uh, one two three four and five were all like a point away from each other. Okay. Uh, so um, I, and, I only have it on my list because of um, uh, Brooke uh, Brooke Langton. Brooke, yeah, Brooke Langton. Wait, uh, I think the coach's daughter. No, no, she plays oh, no, she's uh, a cheerleader. But there's I thought she had some relation to the owner of the no, team. No, she uh, there, she no, you, she, you she had, ran her father's bar, and he was a big Sentinels fan. You had, you had it as day, you so. had it as number one. I did have it as number one. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. And, and Pete had it as number six. Oh, there you go. That I was because yeah. I didn't have it at all, and I was just wondering how it made. It I to just I, I just it's one of those movies. It's one of those movies that I always put on, like that. Not always put on, but anytime it's on, it only made the list for me because of her. Yeah, so it's yeah. uh, you know, and and also uh, she she had the cheerleaders. They and I found this really odd too. Obviously, she she ran the cheerleaders, but I guess the cheerleaders went on strike too, so they had to get replacement cheerleaders. Sure, I, I always I always wondered that one, but so they wound up getting strippers as the uh, replacement cheerleaders. Uh, You'd be surprised how often that happens. Why the hell yeah. not? So You'd be there surprised. You yeah, usually it's the other way around. Usually yeah. ex-cheerleaders become strippers, but yeah. Oh, and uh, by the way, she's also in the Friday Night Lights TV series. She is. Yeah, she's so in the Friday Night Lights TV series. Who is she? But I, but I, uh, uh, Brooke Langton. Brooke Langton, yeah. I just I remember her from uh, Melrose Place. 
Yeah. And uh, was happy to see her in the replacements. Yes, okay. she uh, she 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 was she filled in for Slim Dunlap on their last tour. <laughs> she she filled in for LeBron James too in one of the playoff games a few years ago. So. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. but uh, she's a, she's a jack of all trades. She Put really up thirty five that night, as I recall. Thirty five, yeah, and had a, had a bunch of boards too. Yeah. Thirty five, seventeen, and six, I believe it was. <laughs> so. In it's any a pretty event. good number for an uh, actress you. from Melrose Place. <laughs> I tell you, but uh, but yeah, no, uh, it, it's just a fun, it's just a fun movie. Uh, you know, there's nothing, and 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 the best, one of the best parts about this movie is that John Madden and Pat Summerall are in a lot of scenes. They're they're the they're announcing every single Sentinels game, and uh, it's uh, it's just great uh, seeing them and hearing them talk, and then uh, you know. Um, uh, John Madden doing his uh, typical Madden stuff with his circling and and uh, you know showing uh, what you're going to get uh, when uh, a certain place happened. It was just it was just it's just a fun movie. Uh, and so. Shane Falco. Shane Falco. Number, great movie name. Number sixteen in your programs. Number one in your hearts. One of the and, great movie names. Shane Falco. Shane. I mean that Falco. guy could be a private eye. He could be a jet fighter pilot. Mm-hmm. He could be a replacement football player. He could do anything. He can do anything. Shane Falco. There you go. Number three, the replacements. All right. Um, who's up? Pete, bring that us to number two B, please. Number two B, also known as twenty seven, <laughs> and uh, that is uh, remember the Titans from the year two thousand. Also based on a true story, however, fairly loosely. On a true story, uh, according to people who were there and who are in the know. And this is about uh, T.C. Williams High School in Alexandria, Virginia, facing a crisis as uh, they are forced to integrate an all-black school and an all-white school. Uh, pretty good movie, Denzel Washington. Uh, to me, one of the most uh, interesting things, let me pull up the cast here, uh, about this movie is some of the names that are in it, uh, particularly uh, uh, guys on the team, uh, who are just kids in this movie, like Ryan Gosling, uh, Ethan Supley, who might not be a name that you know, uh, but um, but he did. I think he was in our top kickers last week, wasn't he? He might be. He could have been. Um, uh, Donald Faison uh, in this flick as well, and um, Scrubs from Scrubs, right? Yeah, from Scrubs. That's yeah. exactly right. And uh, and uh, Hayden Panettiere. Hayden Panettiere. Uh, plays the young daughter and would uh, go on to fame. Uh, really, uh, she, Heroes is where she made her bones. And uh, she does some show about being a country singer or something. I forget what that's called. Uh, it's, uh, uh, yeah. Bleh. Yeah, my wife watches it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just a, a lot of faces that you see now and you go, oh, yeah, wow, that guy. And it was, a you know, look, it was 21 years ago. Uh, pretty good flick. Um not too much Hollywood. Again, they did take license with what actually happened there, but it uh, did deal with a, uh, you know, something of a controversial topic. Certainly at the the time when it happened. Nashville, so, by the way. Nashville, yeah. Thank you. you. That's the name of the show. Uh, so yeah, uh, remember the Titans. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, it was number two B. Remember the Titans. I'm going to take number two A. Uh, number two A is going to be any given Sunday. Ah. Uh. On yeah. any given Sunday. On any given Sunday. There we go. Um, yeah, this was a 1999 movie um, by Oliver uh, Stone, uh, directed by Oliver Stone. Um, 
uh, depicting a fictional professional American football team. The Miami Sharks, a once great American football team, strug- are struggling to make the 1999 Associated Football Franchises of America, the AFFA, playoffs. Um, they are coached by a 30-year veteran, Tony D'Amato, played by Al Pacino, who has fallen out of favor with young team owner Christina Pag- uh, Pagniacci, uh, played by Cameron Diaz, and offensive coordinator and uh, D'Amato's expected successor, Nick Crozier, played by Aaron Eckert. Uh, the 13th game of the season, both starting quarterback Johnny Cap Rooney, played by who, Harry? Who, who, who's Johnny Cap Rooney? I don't know. Who that is would be, Johnny Cap Rooney? That would be Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. There you go. <laughs> Another football movie with Mr. Dennis Quaid. There you go. And second string quarterback, uh, Tyler Chirubini, played by... Pat O'Hara are are both injured and forced to leave the field. The desperate Sharks called upon third string quarterback Willie Beeman, played by Jamie Foxx, to replace him. Anyway, uh, I could go on and on. The plot is long. It's a very long movie. Uh, it's a very good movie, however. Um, it's an ensemble cast, like I said: Al Pacino, Cameron Diaz, Dennis Quaid, Jamie Foxx, James Woods, LL Cool J, and, and Matthew Modine. And Margaret, Lauren, Hall, Lauren Holly, Matthew Modine, uh, John C. McGinley, Charlton Heston, uh, Bill Bellamy, um, uh, Elizabeth Berkeley, Aaron Eckert, Marty Wright, uh, uh, Leela Roshan, and Lawrence Taylor. He, Lawrence he, Taylor plays Shark LeVay. No Kathy movie. Bates. No Kathy Bates in this one, though. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, it goes through a lot of, uh, different things and there's a lot of, uh, game time action in it. It's not, uh, it, it's a, it's a very well different directed, uh, type of a movie is, uh, you know, I guess more or less Hollywood, depending on how you look at Hollywood. So, but it's, it's a good, it's a good film with some it, classic lines Yeah, absolutely. And, dis- and despite Jamie Foxx being in, it, it's still a good film. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Uh, that's our number two A, any given Sunday. Harry, bring us to number one B, please. Number one B is a 1971 ABC movie of the week. That's right, a television film. Television movie. Called Brian Song, which details the life of Brian Piccolo, played by none other than Mr. Jimmy Kahn, and uh, a Chicago Bears football player who is stricken with terminal cancer, and his friendship with Bears teammate Gail Sayers, played by none other than Mr. Billy D. Williams. Look, I'm not going to go too much into it. I think most people who have, are at least, you know, maybe 35 and older probably know of this movie. It, they call it one of the, the, one of the top films on the guy cry list. Like it's okay if you cry during Brian's song, right. you know, it's a sad film, obviously. Uh, I, I remember seeing it as a kid and thinking, wow, there, I, I couldn't articulate what it was about it, but I just thought, wow, this is really good. And while it kind of walks the line of, you know, being obviously something made for television, and I think it does a pretty good job of telling the story. I think it's obviously incredibly well acted, and um, it's 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 always on the list of top sports movies uh, ever made, and it's why it's so high on our on our list. If you haven't seen it, I would um, highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. There you go. Number one. B, Brian's song. Uh, Pete, why don't you bring us to number 1A? 
Number one at A. The top of our list right here. Nearly the top of the oh, it is the top of the list. All right. <laughs> We're almost done. There you go. You know, well, I thought we might have a, a number one A point five, but right. uh no, this is um yeah, listen, hard to hard to think of a better one. It's the longest yard, not the Sandler remake. No. Nope. It's the nineteen seventy four original, which isn't bad. The Sandler remake, but it's 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 like it doesn't hold a candle. It would be the equivalent of of like the Spice Girls trying to redo Quadrophenia. <laughs> <laughs> it would yeah, be interesting. That's pretty spot on analogy on that one right, right there. Right. Was, yeah, that's. <laughs> ooh, that's just now putting that image in my mind. Yeah. All right, well, look, it's the story of. Uh, a former uh, pro football quarterback, Paul Wrecking Crew, who uh, takes his girlfriend's uh, Maserati for uh, a joyride and gets in a chase with the cops and goes to jail, where he puts together a football team and, with the help of some crafty uh, inmates and uh, caretakers, and they take on the guards, and the hilarity ensues. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's just a great movie uh, about the underdog and you know. Uh, sticking it to the man, even though you're in jail, and uh, great, absolute great cast. Uh, Burt Reynolds, of course, stars as uh, Paul Crew. Uh, you got Eddie Albert in there. You got um, Bernadette Peters in this movie. You got Richard Keel, who played Jaws in the Bond films, and a couple of uh, you got um, Bogdansky. Anybody remember who Bogdansky was played by? Oh, Ray gosh. Nitschke. Ray Nitschke. Ray Nitschke is Bogdansky. Uh, Joe Cap is the walking boss. Uh, well, Ray Nitschke didn't play Bogdansky. Bogdansky played Ray Nitschke. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah, <laughs> you could say that. Uh, that's fair. So, um, yeah, and uh, listen, there's um, there's comedy in it. Uh, there's uh, there's some tragedy in it. There's one of the guys who dies. Uh, but ultimately, um, uh, the, the the good guys win, even though they're all uh, incarcerated. And um, a great ending at the game where uh, Paul Crew almost uh, uh, bites the bullet in a very literal way. Yep. And a um, uh, bit of a twist at the ending there. It's just it's a it's a great film all around. And it'll make you laugh, and it'll make you feel sad, and it'll make you think about not taking your rich girlfriend's Maserati for a joyride. You might want to think twice before you do that again. Yeah, maybe three times before you. Maybe do three, that. yeah. So, and uh, and, a, and a genuinely good acting job by Burt Reynolds. Yeah, Burt Reynolds did a did a good job in this movie. I I like uh, this one. I mean, if I if I have to if I have to watch this one or the Adam Sandler remake, I'm watching this one obviously. Uh, but um, oddly enough, the Adam Sandler remake. Uh, uh, Burt Reynolds was in it and obviously did not play Paul Crew. Obviously, Adam Sandler played Paul Crew, but he played uh, Coach Nate Scarborough uh, and then went in a, a play at the end, which is pretty funny. But similar, I mean, it's it's the same. It was a remake, you know, Me Machine, the whole nine yards. But uh, but yeah, the '74 movie. Uh, that's it's a classic. It's it's definitely uh, it's definitely in the right place on this list. Yeah, so. the remake kind of a more of a tribute. Than a than a redo of the original than film. an actual redo, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And it was good. I mean, the, the new one is good, but it's yeah. nothing like you just can't beat the original. 
No, you can't. Which is why it's number one. Which is why it's number one on this list. Uh, number one, well, number one A, but number one on the list. Well, it's number two, one. What was it? Where, did we have two tied for number one? Well, Brian's song was tied for number one. Uh, okay, gotcha. So there you go. Um, couple of couple things to point out on this list, though. You mentioned before the Blind Side uh, uh, grossed three hundred nine million dollars. Um, that was the uh, on this list of all fifteen of these movies. Uh, that movie made the most money. It actually netted two hundred eighty million dollars. Uh, number one. Uh, can you guess what the number? Unless you looked at the stats, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Uh, can you guess the number two? Uh, highest grossing movie on this list would be? Uh, I would say Any Given Sunday or I'd Necessary say, Roughness. I'd say Friday Night Lights. Uh, you're both wrong. Uh, Jerry Maguire. Oh, I forgot oh. about Jerry Maguire. I forgot Jerry about Maguire him. made yeah. 200. Trying to, trying to run through the 29 films yeah. to figure yeah. out which one had the <laughs> 29, right? Made $273 million and netted $223 million. And the number three movie on this list the number three gro- grossing movie on this list uh remember uh, you, you got friday night lights you got remember the titans you got any given sunday uh we are marshall draft day uh, how about undisputed undisputed uh undefeated undefeated yeah undefeated, yeah i'm only um, guessing that because it was a documentary probably didn't cost that much for me nope nope nope, no. nope. the water boy yeah the water boy the water that, make, that makes sense i mean those are the most high those are the films that were yeah, you know. Yeah, the uh, the Waterboy made. Uh, I mean, it's Jerry Maguire's kind of a football film, but kind of, yeah, it's mm, you know, okay. Well, it's a football film, like you know. I mean, yeah, there's, yeah. there's it is, yeah, it is, it is, and it is. Yeah. So, well, there you go. That is our top ten list. I'll be honest with you. I had more. I, I was a lot easier picking these than it was top ten kickers. Just you know, <laughs> <laughs> wait till I, we do I, top ten kicker movies. Kicker top movies. Ten, well. Well, well, I know it's going to be number one. Well, yeah. <laughs> and no. I know it's going to be number two. <laughs> I, I know it's going to be number one. We might be talking about it in the next couple of seconds. Well, why don't we just get right into old balls? How do you pick on old balls for football movies? Well, it's very easy. You go through all the football movies. You pick the most ridiculous one ever. And you pick the balls of a mule. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Our old balls for this week is Gus a 1976 American family comedy by the Walt Disney Company, which, uh, well, quite honestly, it stars a Yugoslavian mule. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the mule. (laughs) Which which they find out can kick field goals. Yes, kick kick a soccer ball. So they realize, well, you know, uh, the the plot of the film really is based around an inept team owned by Ed Asner, played his character Hank Cooper and the inept coach Venner played by none other than Mr. Furley himself, Don Knotts. So, I mean, you take a mule, Ed Asner and Don Knotts. You got me. I'm in. I'm all in. Uh, Look, they're, they're horrible. They uh, not only that, but uh, Ed Asner owes a ton of gambling debt to uh, two book mobster bookmakers played by Harold Gould and Dick Van Patten. Yes, that Dick Van Patten from Family. Yeah, always menacing. Yes, always menacing. Like I, I can't imagine Dick Van Patten playing a mobster. But anyway, eight is enough. Fan. Dick Van Patten, right? Yes, yeah. desperate to draw fans. Cooper looks for a great halftime show. His secretary sees a story in her parents' Yugoslavian newspaper about Gus. Debbie, of course, flies to Yugoslavia and hires Gus and Andy. After Gus is a hit in the halftime show. 
they decide him to put him in a game as a place kicker. The other teams protest, but the rule book does not require a player to be human. Long story short, after realizing that Cooper is backfiring, hires two incompetent criminals named Crankcase, yes, played by Tim Conway, and Spinner, played by Tom Bosley, to stop Gus from playing to make the team lose. It's an all-star cast. This is an all-star cast. Yeah, during the during the Super Bowl, before the before the Super Bowl, Gus is stolen. That's right, he is kidnapped uh, and and replaced with a impersonator mule. Realizing, <laughs> realizing you can't make this stuff up. This right. is where the plot really thickens. Yeah, this is really really totally thickens. thickens. Uh, this, you know, realizing that this is not Gus, they fly in a helicopter looking for Gus, find him and airlift him back to the game with Gus in the game. The Adams make a comeback. And with three seconds left on the clock, the Adams are down 16 to 15 with the ball on their own five yard line. Now Gus lines up for a field goal attempt. And if this was a typical Hollywood film, Gus would make the 105 yard field goal, but no, no, Gus slips, misses the football, and in a scramble for the ball, Gus knocks it over to Andy. Yes, that same Andy from Yugoslavia, who runs 95 yards for the touchdown. And Andy and the team walk off the field to celebrate their win. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Gus, with a cast that I don't think can be beaten, of Ed Asner, Don Knotts, Tim Conway, Dick Van Patten, Bob Crane, Johnny Unitas as himself, Dick Butkus, ladies and gentlemen, Dick Butkus was, I think, in the last couple films, actually. Yeah. Uh, Harold Gould, Tom Bosley, the list goes on and on. It is horrible. But and a, and a mule. If and you have mule. you always Dick Enberg is in this. Yes. As, yeah. Look, if you if you if you just put Don, Don Knotts, Ed Asner, and a mule. In anything, I'm going to watch it. And uh, as a kid, it was it was fantastic. It's a dumb, dumb film. And um, this is a film that they show prisoners ex- ex- when they want them to talk. Yeah, it's on a big screen and put it on a loop, and they go, "You yeah. tell us where the secret, you know, planes are or whatever. Uh, we'll be back in two days." And they just and, let it run. To the best of my knowledge, Gus is the only donkey to ever play or mule to ever play, um, in in, in a fictional or professional uh, fictional professional football. sports game. So yeah. uh, there you go. You know, uh, look. When you say a mule, Don Knotts, and Ed Asner, yes. to borrow a line from one of our other movies, you have me at a mule. Yeah. Right. Uh, you have right. me at a mule. Yeah. So there you go. A Yugoslavian mule. A Yugoslavian Nara. mule. Yeah. Which I'm not sure if it was which part of the ex Yugoslavia it was from. But um, Andy shouts oik when the, uh, when, the, when, the, when the mule kicks out. I'm guessing maybe Serbian. I don't know. Well, there you go. That is our old balls for this week. Old balls, Gus. Well, there you oh, go, boy. Oh, how's that? A new low with that top ten <laughs> list. <laughs> yeah, but it was fun. It was, it was fun. fun. It was fun. Come on. It was. All right. Well, I'm just uh, happy that our top ten did not include a movie which I'm sure everybody w- w- would be a number one. I'm just glad that we're all so cynical that it didn't even come close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think, are we all on the same page? With we're that? all on the same page. Okay, uh, good. Uh, there we go. We don't even need to mention its name. Don't no. mention the name. Nope. Okay, good. No. No. 
All right. All right. Well, there, let's there, like to see there. just kick that kid through the through the upright. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oink. Oink. There's, right. there's another Rudy I'd rather see the mule kick. That's exactly. Right. And I guess, uh, you know, metaphysically or metaphorically, the mule did kick Rudy. Uh, metaphorically, uh, then, the, yes, the donkey kicked Rudy. Yeah. Well, what All is right. the difference between a donkey and a mule? Uh, uh, four letters. <laughs> one's castrated? I don't know. One's, one's, well, one's... It's, a, it's a parentage, right? Yeah, a donkey can be a parent to a mule. Can be a, a parent. Donkey can be a parent to a mule, or vice versa. Yeah, like one is sure. half horse and half There's zebra, and the other is three quarters Italian. And donkeys are descended from Irish. the African wild ass. Oh, Serbian, actually, right? Serbian. A mule, on the other hand, is a hybrid animal. Okay, so a mule is a hybrid. Mule, mules, mules a hybrid. are the donkeys offspring a, of donkeys. Even... A full blooded jackass mule is a hybrid. No, the they're af, they're from donkeys are from the wild African ass and. And mules are the offspring of female horses and male donkeys. There you go. So um, we should be calling. I, I always like these uh, couples where the where the uh, you know the the woman's about two feet taller than the man. I see them in a lot of hipster couples now. So the, so we're, we should be calling this offspring of Jen whatever it's going to be now. Uh, mules. Mules. So a mule has a donkey for a parent. Mule has a donkey and a horse. Female horse and a male donkey. But, so what's a male horse and a female donkey? I don't know. Not a mule. A female horse and a male. I don't mule. think. I don't think maybe it can happen. For some, maybe they can't get pregnant. I don't know. Okay. Who knows? We'll have to ask a veterinarian. Yes, or a yeah. farmer. Join us for next week when, we, next week. Ask when we dive into. <laughs> Top ten genetic differences. <laughs> genetic differences yeah, between farm animals. Can a horse fuck a donkey? <laughs> and what? That's yes, but they can't have. Well, uh, I'm just wondering if it's like a, you know, if your if your mom is Jewish, you're Jewish, right? No matter what your dad is, right, so, right, of course. So, like, is it? Is a donkey is always a donkey or a mule? But it's not a mule. Is always has a donkey for a dad. I guess so. This the show has taken a very interesting turn. It's so more what, confusing than having fifteen. Why don't we? Mules are mules bigger than donkeys, which is why the mule could kick field goals, and the donkey might struggle a little bit. The donkey would be more of the holder, and the mule would be the kicker. There we go. That's so, so the, the donkey would be more of the you know. Perfect. It's in the eye of the ball holder. Yeah, it's in the eye of the ass. <laughs> yeah, the ass. All right. Uh, All right. Do we Let's, want to talk about any other sports? Because there's uh, things that might have happened. I think we should because there's actually a lot of crap going on that we two haven't even gotten to. You two and a half hours. So. Football and movies. Why don't we start with? Whew. Why don't we start with some hot stove? We are thorough. We are thorough for anything, anything else. So, um, well, we uh, if you were uh, paying attention to the uh, podcast last week and not the. Uh, uh, the uh, normal episode on Wednesday night, but we did a special one on Thursday night. Because three uh, hours isn't enough. <laughs> because three hours isn't enough. Um, well, we had to announce, you know, because everybody tunes into us for their breaking news. Uh, Lindor, uh, Francisco Lindor, is a Met. He uh, had a press conference on Monday uh, morning uh, to, uh, you know, they announced him. Um, and he was quoted as saying, he'll miss Cleveland, but he's excited to play for the Mets. And he didn't tip his hand, but he alluded to wanting a deal and, and be opening to open to a deal. And, you know, he mentioned that, you know, it has to be right for both players, but he's always thinking about the future. So to me, it was tipping his hand. Um, and I don't think that uh, Steve Cohen's going to let him uh, let him leave Queens without 
uh, turning every stone uh, to find a way to sign him to a long-term uh, deal and uh, basically have him retire Met for that matter. So we'll see what happens. But um, and if you uh, you know, Harry, you didn't join us on that uh, on that. Met no, podcast. I was I was I was deep in uh, research on uh, kicking mule movies. Mule, mule, mule movies, right? You were you were working on that list. It's all about priorities. Uh, absolutely, we were good. We were out in I think twenty four minutes. Twenty is a quick one. In and out, twenty four yeah. minutes. Yeah, you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's going to resign. You don't know? Well, listen, we we talked about getting Bauer, and uh, who apparently wants to really, really, really wants to come to the Mets, and maybe getting Springer. And if you have all three, that's a lot of payroll. And it's I also, it's you, also a lot of championships too, right? And, and right, but if you're going to sign Bauer and you're going to sign Springer, they're free agents. They're going to be long term contracts. Sure. So maybe you know. You might have all three for this year and then not keep Lindor because it might end up being just too much money. And, you know, honestly, Lindor might be open to a deal, but if it's not a great deal, he might want to test the, the, uh, free, the agency water, free agency yeah. next year. You know, it yeah. wouldn't be the first guy to go to a team. Usually it's a more of a short-term rental. Oh, of course. You know, a mid-season move. Sure. This is kind of a whole-season move. But maybe if, assuming the fans are going to come back uh, for the 2022 season or at least some of them or whatever, um, and – Maybe the fact that there might be that at least some of that fan revenue might put more teams in the hunt for his services in a year from now. So maybe he's interested in signing a deal, but not desperate to sign a deal. Right. Who knows? Uh, it's just it's an awful lot of payroll. Although I think all with all three of those players, it's smart money. Yeah. So well, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. I don't think and and all of them the the, the Mets feel the same way as uh, Lindor says. If there's not a deal done before uh, spring training starts. Uh, then there's not a deal done until after uh, the end of the season, whenever yeah. that may be. And hopefully, uh, hopefully for the Mets, it's it's November, right? Not not October. So, right. but uh, I mean, that's what he has to say. He just got traded. I mean, if 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 this off season is any indication, then it's going to take some time to work these deals out. Sure. And sure. I, and look, I I I thought Springer was more. Obviously, the Mets got. I think they got their first, their top priority in Lindor. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say that Lindor is probably a, a slightly bigger grab than than Jared Springer. There, there's a lot of babble going on, but that Springer might go to the Blue Jays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he was the. I mean, that's the teams. Uh, it, it was between the Mets and the Blue Jays, and and that's the teams going back and forth between. I mean, from from what what's been uh, talked about. I mean, uh, Anthony Recker and Andy Martino on SNY, both of them have said time and time again over the last several days that they don't think there's going to be any bigger additions to this uh, to this club this year, other than bullpen depth. Um, but you know what? Then you read other articles that don't count them out on Springer yet because the Mets are still on Springer's wish list. Not. Springer's still on the Mets wish list. Uh, Springer still wants to come to Queens, uh, but it just depends. I mean, they only have maybe just shy of thirty million dollars left to, before they hit that uh, that uh, luxury tax uh, amount. And uh, if they are going to add, uh, you know, a couple of the pieces for the bullpen, like Brad Hand, uh, who they've offered a contract to, they offered him a one-year deal, and he's apparently looking for a multi-year deal. Um, but uh, they're they're working on it. They're working on it. But if they're going to get him, they're going to have to give him multi-years. Uh, it's not going to be a lot of money, so it's not going to be too much about that. But what, for Springer, uh, for, no, 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 for no, no, Brad right. Hand, Brad Hand. Um, but but that being the case, the money that Springer wants for the years he wants it, it's going to eat up a lot. It's going to it's going to push them over the luxury tax. They're going to have to either clear out some other cap room, and you know they're going to have they're going to work something out with Cano. <laughs> you know he's 
he's going to come off. Uh, he's, he's, yeah. You know. Yeah. And that, like I said, they, they might be willing to eat it for this season. But right. And the other thing I'm reading now is they're. Springer, not that this is the, the deciding factor necessarily, but one of the factors they're thinking about is whether or not they're going to have a DH. Yeah, it's still not, if they're going to have a DH. Settled, yeah. They might be more willing to bring Springer in because it's going to give them some play, you know, a, a couple other guys on the team that they can get their bats in the lineup as a DH. Sure. If there's no DH, then maybe they don't want to go that <clears> much <throat> over. You know, I mean, assuming Bauer's going to come to the Mets, right? Because it, it would be a huge. I, I think you got a guy who wants to come that badly, right? Who, who's who's you know, well, I'll tell you, I mean, the if, way that he has, you bring him in. If they have, if they somehow get Trevor Bauer to come to the Mets, and they have, uh, and they have Degrom, Bauer, Carrasco. Uh, yeah, if Carrasco uh, returns to form. You've got Stroman, Strom- and you got Stroman. You got Thor coming back midseason. Syndergaard when he's coming back, and you still Although got you still get, got Peterson and Matt hanging there. That yeah, uh, slack out Oder, of Oder, Yeah, Jake Odorizzi. Yeah. Um, uh, you know what? And, and somebody look, can you ever have too much pitching? No, no. You can't. You can never have too much. Pitching. That is a, absolutely that is the not. best problem that you can ever have is more yeah. pitching than you think you need. And, and too Peter, much Peterson, he might be in. He might be. You know, Pe- in your... Peterson's in the mix. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there was a uh, where was it? I, I'm trying to get back to it. Uh, somebody posted on one of the Mets uh, blogs. Here we go. Um, he said. Uh, he says he proposes a trade, uh, uh, trading alleged Mets fans who want to trade Alonzo after an offseason, offseason in quotes, compromised of, of all of 60 games to Cleveland for a slightly used picture, picture, a slightly used picture of Willie Mays Hayes, Roger Dorn and the used drock strap of Pedro Serrano's guru, Joe Boo and a Chico Escuela to be named later. That was his post. So. Nice. Uh, basically, uh, uh, bringing that so up, I just more, more obscure references. <laughs> so that had to be an obscure reference. I read that, or I read that earlier, and I said I had to read that. That's uh, uh, basically saying that there's so many uh, uh, guys out there right now that are saying, "Hey, you know what? We can get a lot for Pete Alonso." Really? He was rookie of the year two years ago, and last year doesn't really count. <laughs> you know, well, uh, he still uh, would have been on pace to hit 40 home runs last well, year. Well, it depends even on, on who you get. It depends. On, I mean, if the Mets do land Bauer. And Syndergaard comes back. I, I think the Mets have a really good starting lineup. I think their bullpen's a little questionable. Right. Um, oh, maybe, yes. and that's why you yeah, maybe a lot questionable. Yeah. So, you know, I, I know it's blasphemy to Mets fans, but if you can, if if trading Pete Alonso means that you can get what you need in the bullpen and maybe add that a middle reliever, and you know, are the Mets really set on a closer? Not really. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah. I, think, I, I think everybody's hoping that what what uh, Jeremy Hafner was able to do last year, bringing Edwin Diaz back around to a somewhat form, you know, and not have him be that game blower as opposed to game yeah. closer. Uh, you know, I mean, this, if they if, if you they, were proposing a trade to the Yankees, straight up Pete Alonso for uh, for um, uh, Chapman, <laughs> I, I don't know that that would happen. Was that what you're doing? No, but I'd take it. <laughs> love that. We don't, need, we don't need a. That's one thing we don't need is a first baseman. First baseman, right? Exactly. We, we need pitchers. Uh, um, I think Pete Alonso would be your steady DH. But then again, you have three of those as well, too. So. Yeah, yeah. We have nine first basemen, <laughs> six DHs, and yeah, seven outfielders. Alonso we have more. That's what the Yankees need. Yeah, uh, another. You know, yeah, another big stiff at first base. But um, no, I think the Mets are looking. At, I, I think that if the Mets sign Springer, it might be a sign that. Lindor isn't there for, for the long term. 
This could be, you know, this could be that because Springer will have to be there for a longer term. And this could sure. be, hey, we're good. We're in it right now for this year for now yeah. to win this. Yeah. Of those three guys, there's Bauer, Springer and Lindor. There's two that are going to have long term contracts if they if, come to the match. If they come, they're going to have to, they're going to have. Yeah, they're not that, coming, they're not, they're, none of them are coming. Neither of them are coming for a year. Well, let me right. ask. Let me ask. That, that's going to make Lindor financially, at least, expendable. And let right. me ask the Met fans. If you had to pick between Bauer or Springer. Who would you take? You know what? I mean, with, you can't like you. You can't. Like, we just said you can't have enough pitching. Yeah, you, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you need sixteen starting pitchers <laughs> these days. You know, but I'll be honest with you. I think we need a true center fielder, defensive and offensive, and everything that means more than we need another arm to start. As long as we can get a couple of other decent pieces for the bullpen. I mean, Syndergaard coming back is really the key. Uh, You know, I think you have maybe, I don't know, I I would argue he could maybe be the best pitcher in baseball in DeGrom. Um, Pete, what do you think? I'm going to go the other way, though. You think you you take Bauer? I'll say you bring Bauer in because you can never have too much pitching. You're replacing Springer's offense – with Lindor. Sure. Absolutely. So, you know, and, and you, you've upgraded at a position that traditionally gives you very little offensively. So you, you've sort of replaced that offense that you get from Springer. Um, and you bring in Bauer, uh, and you put yourself a speedy defensive minded center fielder out there. And if he doesn't hit, then all he's got to do is hit as well as Ahmed Rosario. Right, he was getting a majority of your starts, or, sure. or maybe somewhere between Rosario and Jimenez, and then you've replaced that offense with your center fielder. So he can be a fairly light hitting center fielder who brings some speed, steals some bases, maybe cause a little havoc. And Jackie you, Bradley Jr.'s name has been floated around several. You know, times. I mean, that's M- Mickey Rivers. Yeah. If I had to choose two out of the three, and you've since they've already got Lindor, I would bring in Bauer. And, yeah, uh, and, I would normally and and, and, a, and, and a, an adequate. What, an adequate hitting, good defensive center. Yeah, put a who guy out there that doesn't cost deal. anything. Yeah. Who doesn't cost that much? Yeah, yeah, or so anywhere near as much as Springer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would normally agree with you. Here's the one thing regarding the pitching, and I'm, I'm not. I am sold on Bauer, although Bauer doesn't have as much of a track record. I, you know. Yeah. He could. He could be one of those guys who you know has his moment and then doesn't live up to what he's done. Here's the one thing I think about George Springer is that he is arguably the cl- most clutch performing postseason player in baseball since David Ortiz. I mean, yeah, Altuve's been good, but but when the Astros were really in a hole, and they always were. He was always in the mix. He was. Oh, he he really has had some amazingly clutch hits, and I really like George Springer, and I think he's got some some longevity left on him. Although you know, what is he? Thirty one. Thirty one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you got a couple good years in him. It's a tough call. It's a tough call. I mean, you're going to be paying Springer some big big bucks, which is, and you're going to be paying Bauer. Big you're going to be paying Bauer big bucks. Sure. And, and, um, and I, I I tend to agree more with the everyday player theory. But you know, bring a guy who's going to be out there for a hundred. But but not games. not in this not in today's baseball, and especially look if they do play a, a full season, you're going to have a bunch of guys who have not 
played or pitched or had as many reps in a full season for two years. Right. And I think that's why pitching is going to become more and more important. And so I, I would tend to lean towards Bauer, but Springer is just one of those guys that I think if you can get him. Yeah, he. I, I mean, mean he's, he's a game changer. I'd, I'd love to see all three of them on the team no, you know, for this are, year. You arguably have two of the top five players, top ten players, certainly in baseball, if if, if you can land Springer. Uh, and I think if you throw in pitchers, I think you do have. I mean, you have that. So I mean, the Mets are looking. They're looking pretty good. Again, it's really just about how do they gel and who is that unknown entity that comes up and starts performing that you didn't expect them to perform. Does Alonzo come back and have a decent year? Right. I, what I liked about well, with, with, a full, with a full spring training, because right. uh, Manfred did announce the other day uh, that uh, all teams should be prepared to start spring training on time and be prepared for a 162-game season. Right. Yeah. So. Um, and to your to your point, so Aaron, they're almost all vaccinated. So they're almost all vaccinated. So um, <laughs> that's basically to, what that means. And to your point, Harry, with the uh, with the two of the top ten players in baseball, um, as far as the top ten catchers, MLB reported uh, yesterday they they gave their list out who are the top ten catchers uh, that they felt in baseball, and look who number ten is right there. Uh, James McCann actually made the top ten MLB Network's top ten catchers right now in Major League. Yeah, I think baseball. that was a good addition. So, yeah. um, you know, sure. Look. I mean, look, you know, and number and, and and the number one catcher on their list right now has no team next to him. He's a free agent. That's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah where's he going to go? He's, he's another guy that people are just hesitant to kind of give the big money to. Um, sure. Well, I mean, who? That's the, who, that's just a complete waiting game. That's all. Who that is, is the big free agent signing that's happened this year? Well, I think it's, it's Lindor. Well, he's a trade. No, but he's a, a, that's, I mean, that's a trade. trade. Yeah. yeah, like who? Who's the superstar that's get, that's gotten the big bucks? Who's no, the big nobody yet. The, the nobody biggest, yet. The biggest free agent signing to date right now this offseason has been James McCann. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, maybe so, I, not even. I was going to say Liam everybody's Hendricks. playing chicken. They're hedging and their bets. Nobody wants to go first. We're Liam, what? Um, you know, uh, if we're, we're a regular year, would be a month from pitchers and catchers, right? We're a month from pitchers and catchers right now. Yeah. And, uh, and assuming from what, what Manfred said, we are a month from pitching. Nobody's showing their cards. Nobody wants to be the first person to give Springer or LeMahieu or any of these guys what they're asking for. And, and sure. I'm not sure they're going to get it. I'm not sure they're going to get it. So yeah. I, 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 in this, and because, be because of the revenue here. and because of everybody's down years and the money that was lost across the board on every team last year, the Mets are the only team in the unique place of being where they are right now because Spending of spending money. Of spending money, right? Yeah, because yeah. right, if, and if yeah. you're going to spend that money, you you better be in contention. I mean, right right now, the the boroughs are spending way more money than Manhattan. There's a lot more money being spent in Queens and Brooklyn than there is in in, in Manhattan right now. So it's uh, so, yeah, it, or the Bronx, yeah, it's uh, the Met. You know, the Mets, uh, they're committed. They're going to throw the money at it. Yeah, and whether or not it works or not, time will tell. But I, it's I, an I don't. Yeah, I think I think. Look, I mean, if there's some way that they can pull off Springer and Bauer, which is unlikely, but if they do, then I mean, geez, they got to be they got to be they the, gotta be the they've got to be the favorites. Yeah. Well, well, that's, that's, if you're if you're willing to to go over the cap and you win it this year, then I mean, even then you can justify letting Lindor go. Which is what? You know? Which is why I 
don't understand where the Yankees are at right now. I mean, not to change it from the Mets to the Yankees and rain. No, on the change Mets, it. Right? I was just going to go there too. I was just going to say yeah. that uh, as far as the Lindor thing, just to wrap the Mets up, um, Salicata from the uh, from SNY. Uh, said the other day uh, to, to Mets fans out there, just basically made a blanket statement out there. Relax, this ownership will get a deal extension done with Lindor. Have optimism, sleep easy, it'll get done. That's what he was saying. He he, he completely oh. believes that. Salicata? Yeah. He's on this. <laughs> That's good. He's on SNY. He's on WFAN. He's uh he's a talk he's a he he's slept at his Met jersey. Oh, he's God, he's, he's, he's a, a talking head pundit in in New York. And, it sounds uh, like uh, somebody I, on the Sopranos uh, mispronouncing uh, a yeah, 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 that's been a salicata in the yeah. There you go. <laughs> anyway, so Yankees, yes, DJ Lemayhu, uh, he's not happy. He's yeah, not, he's I, I not happy with Brian Cashman and the Yankees right now. Well, nobody's playing their cards. That's what we were talking about, and. Uh, Here's my question with the Yankees is that I don't think they have years and years and years to just uh, in today's sports, these guys, you, you got Garrett Cole, you're at, you, you've committed to one. I mean, the Yankees really have one proven starter. Tanaka's probably not going to be there next year. Maybe he'll come back, but he, he's, he's, he's a number two or three at best. Rumor is uh, San Diego's looking. Yeah, yeah. Why aren't the Yankees going after Bauer? Why are they so hung up all of a sudden on not spending money to win a title? And that's what I don't understand. Lost too much last year. You lost too much. Look, the work. It's it's what's killing the Yankees is yes, they've lost too much last year, and they, they 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 they've made two or three signings which are crippling them and um i wish they could get out from under those deals but they can't well who, and, who are the yankees american league nemesis is, is no the astros right now okay um you know obviously Cleveland, typically, typically yeah tampa bay and 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 the red Sox will eventually be back and look if toronto gets springer that puts toronto right back there sure, yeah. so sure. right now it's it's tampa bay and and can Tampa Bay do – Tampa Bay last year reminded me of the Kansas City Chiefs from a number of years back where they, they won the World Series and then they disappeared because they, they just – they had all of this – they had all of these – this conglomeration of guys who gelled at the right time and then they let some of them go and they couldn't re-sign some of them. And, that's exactly what the Rays did. I mean, and they that's let, that, that, right. yeah, let a bunch of them go. I mean, there's – It's not a formula that you can recreate. Sure. Yeah. No, and it was perfect for a shortened season. Now, the, I think the Rays were the best team in the American League, without a doubt. Had to bring uh, had to bring up the Royals winning the World Series, didn't you? You just had to do that. Right? Why? What's wrong with that? Because they beat the Mets when they. Oh, won that's the right. They, they did. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think of the Royals. Shots. No, I forgot about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> sure, sure you did. I, I, I really don't pay attention to the Mets. Uh, is Lee Mazzilli coming back this year? Did they this resign year, him? Yeah, he's, this year, he's coming back. He, he just, they owe uh, him another ring. One That's right. I don't think the, the Yankees are just uh, not going out and saying, okay, to LeMahieu, we're going to give you four years with an option for a fifth. We're going to give you 80% of what you want. We want you. We, lo we love what you've done the last two years. It should have been done already. Yeah. yeah, but it just seems like everybody's hedging their bets, and I, 
the Yankees have a lot of money in their lineup and not a lot of it produces. And I don't have, look, I don't have comfort in this vaunt, this, this bullpen that everybody had talked about. It didn't perform. And having Chapman closing out games has been a, just, he hasn't proven himself. He's, he's lost a lot of big games. And um, being Yankee fans, we've been spoiled for years and years and years with Rivera there, but we haven't had a great closer. Um, and, and the pitching's just, it's not, we have one, we have one guy. And on any given playoff matchup, if he's going up against your number one, no guarantee that you're going to come across, you know, yeah. win that. So, so it really comes down to who has the best two and threes, you know, and it's not the Yankees and it's not the Yankees. And, and that's why, you know, look, they were close last year and arguably the year before I, I I really thought they were going to get past the Astros, but the Astros are kind of their nemesis. Yeah. And um, I'll be happy to see Springer leave the Astros. I just don't want him going to Boston or Toronto. Yeah. But um, I, I, I'm, I don't have as much confidence in the Yankees' decision making. Right. I, I, you know, yes, they're they we we know all about the homegrown talent, blah, 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 blah. but even Judge who I love and I think is a clutch player and, and plays above his stats, if that makes any sense. Um, didn't have a great year. And, oh, and, and that's what I wanted to actually to ask you is, do you worry about a guy like judge eventually kind of just going, I don't know what his contract situation is, but uh, he's still a young guy. And eventually just going, listen, the Yankees aren't being the Yankees and they're not helping me and I'm going to go somewhere else. I don't worry about Judge because I think Judge is yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Beloved, so beloved and, and I think knows where where he's at that I think the there's no way the Yankees, they'll do everything they possibly can unless he just really well, starts. I'm saying if he doesn't have confidence that he's ever going to win there. I think he does, and I think that they're very close, but the time is now. We don't have – look – what the Yankees are, are are a lot like the Jets and the Giants in a lot of ways, where they have these young guys that they're so invested in, and when the numbers don't pan out and they're not performing, they they, they refuse to move on from them. Right. Yeah. And the Yankees are a prime example with that. Gary Sanchez is Gary Sanchez, not the best catcher on the Yankees. Mike Ford, who we ta- we we heard about for years, all of a sudden, finally after so many injuries, Luke Voigt gets to play. And Voigt's one of the best players. I think he's one of the best first basemen in the league right now. He's your first baseman, right. okay? Obviously, I want to see LeMay, who's to play second base. Glaber Torres, he, he, he's naturally a second baseman, but I'm okay with him at shortstop. He hasn't really performed in, in the offseason. Again, at third base, you got Urshela and Andohar. Before Urshela was, it was their starter, Andohar was, a hell of, was performing really, really well. So can you get – can you trade Urshela to get something for him? Why are you holding on? I love Brett Garner, but why are you holding on? I don't think on? they have as much faith in Andujar as they should at this point. You can't no. get rid of like, I, I would be okay with Andujar if if they got something for Urshela. You know, yes, Aaron Hicks is is an all-star. Right. J- Judge Talkman, Clint Frazier needs to get in there. You know, there, there are guys – the other guy that is just has been a bust is is Stanton, and unless he can really um, produce this year, 
and it's really going to be in the playoffs. I just don't know where he goes. Hap, Paxton, they're just not the the, the, the dominant pitchers that they were. They're too old. So, uh, you know, I, I, they need pitching. And I think they have people who they can package and move to get that pitching because I think you need to give some of these other guys a chance. I think yeah. you need to give the, the Kyle Hagoshes. I think you need to give the Anderhars. If you have to get rid of Glaber Torres, look, the Yankees got rid of Didi Gregorius. If they got rid of Didi, bring Didi back. Play him at, at shortstop. They got rid Sign. of Didi Gregorius a couple years before they got rid of, I mean, it was in the uh, right. Stanton trade. They got rid of yeah. Stalin Castro. Right. Uh, and then yeah. they got rid of uh, Cano, Robbie yeah, Cano, Cano, when he wanted the big money. Yeah. So, so it's I happened they, before. I think they have to look at some of these guys who are in their prime and move them to get pitching because they're not willing to sign the free agents that, that they need to sign. Yeah, they went out and they got Garrett Cole. That's great. They've, they've never been able, since Pettit and, and – um, uh, God, what's it? Roger Clemens. Clemens. They've never been able to have that one-two punch that was just dominant. And then back then they had El Duque and a bunch. I mean, they just had, you could talk about the Yankees hitting. It was their pitching and defense that won it. And they have some young pitchers who I think could fill in the fourth and fifth role with Herman and Montgomery. And Zach Britton hasn't lived up to what, what you paid for him. So they have all of these kind of middle relievers and closers who aren't doing well, and you're still handing the ball to Araldus Chapman at the end of the game, and he's getting, you know, he's throwing a, a high fastball to to uh, to what's his name on the Astros, and he's, and, and, you know, I'll Chapman's okay. I mean, Chapman's had the big, you have to remember, even when the Cubs finally won, Chapman blew it for them. It wasn't Chapman didn't perform well as a Cub. They, yeah. I just don't know why they're holding on to, to some of these guys. I just don't get it. And it's yeah. not it's not allowing them to sign the pitchers that they need. Yeah. Well, we will see what happens uh, as everything shakes out. It's going to be soon because, I mean, if Manfred is right and, and pitchers and catchers are reporting in three and a half weeks, four weeks, and, and, uh, and uh, everybody else shortly thereafter, uh, you know, the next few weeks are going to be uh, are going to be um, a snowball, uh, you know, unless it's uh, unless it's a year where there's a bunch of people not playing <laughs> and uh, not reporting to spring training because they're not a team. But we'll see what happens with that. The other thing uh, we're going to mention really quick in Major League Baseball uh, yesterday, Liam Hendricks locked in a multi-year deal with the White Sox, so he's uh, he's off the table now too. So if the Mets uh, or anybody for that matter is looking for uh, uh, looking for um, another bullpen arm, uh, obviously. Cross off Hendricks. So, yeah, big um, loss. There you go. Oh, probably should also mention Tommy Lasorda died. Yes, yeah. Well, I was going to do it at the end, but um, oh. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I think what Pete's trying to say is please make this the end. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, no. Can we? We can't. We have something else big to talk about. Yeah. Can yeah. we stop talking about a sport that hasn't Thank started you. yet and talk about one that's actually going on? Yeah, let's talk about uh, this uh, hockey. Little, oh, little, little hockey. This little thing that happened in uh, in Brooklyn today, uh, while on the way to the, ne- uh, the Nets story. beat the Knicks by seven. <laughs> is that what is that what happened tonight? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So that's what's the game last night, Harry? Four <laughs> games in the in uh, Denver, boy. Denver, yeah. That was yeah. a beauty. That was a thing of beauty. Four games in a row. Uh, they, they think they've come back to earth at this point. The Knicks. Um, Barrett. Well, the, the Nets are playing without. Half their players right now. So. Yeah. yeah, they are, and Kyrie's uh, still MIA. Uh, yeah, you know, 
He's it's, a cancer. He's a cancer. I he's, mean, uh, it's it's ridiculous. But you know, it's it, it's, it's funny when the uh, Harden to the Nets talk of whatever a month ago or a few weeks ago was right. at its heaviest. I thought in my mind the talk or Harden. I was going to say because this is Harden right now. Yeah. So yeah. Harden. When, 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 Harden, when Harden's at his heaviest, or when that was like, heavy, when that was like heavy, I did. When that was heavy speculation, <laughs> I heavy. Thought, you're still I using that word myself, heavy. Well, and, and I came out and I said, "Don't, don't do it," because you're going to have to give up all you know a lot of the depth on the Nets, and that's a big part of what makes this team good. But I thought to myself, "Boy, uh, if Houston makes a deal and doesn't want like Kyrie Irving, then you would think they were crazy, right? Uh, yeah, they would want so." And I thought, "Well, maybe look Kyrie, and then." No, either Dinwiddie or Levert, but not both of them, and a couple other pieces, and maybe you could, you know, you could work something out, and maybe that would be the way to go. But then I changed my mind and said, no, no, let's see if Kyrie. He should be happy now. He's back in Brooklyn. He's playing with KD. They got a, you know, they're amongst the favorites coming out of the East. But and again, I I don't want to get down on him because we don't really know what's going on, which is really the problem. Hopefully, it's nothing serious. Mm-hmm. It's easy to call him selfish and oh he's just Kyrie and he's flaking and that's well apparently and, he was at, apparently do, he was at a, a family party a, the other right day. not masked and not masked and a lot of people and we don't look that the guy never seems truly happy and and I don't know maybe he needs some professional help I don't know I, I think he does I think he's a, he I might he whatever it is I don't want to talk to ill about him you know until we kind of know what it is but yeah. that thought did enter my mind we might be better off without him right and uh, but they were able to get Harden without trading him uh, but they were able it, to get right now that involves I'm, 75 other teams well uh, right <laughs> that, that might be insurance <laughs> just in case Kyrie doesn't come back I'll, t- I'll tell you what though here I think the Rockets this is a lesson in how to get rid of a player who wants to, to who and get something for it. Because, I mean, look, yes, they didn't get Kyrie. I think they got a better player than Kyrie, quite honestly, in Victor Oladipo. Yeah. They got they got a couple other guys who could potentially be started, and they got first four-round first Four first-round picks and yeah. four first-round pick swaps. Yeah. Four swaps, yeah. That's eight first-round picks. Mm-hmm. Well, and depending on... Depending right. on who does right, better, right, right. you right, would right. think the Knicks will probably do better than the Rockets, right? Uh, and that's what the Rockets want with those swaps, right? Yeah, and you know now you got John Wall and Victor Oladipo playing together, which is kind of interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're going to see if somebody can play with John Wall. I'd right. be happy about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's it's interesting, and um, I, I, I think I think Harden. I think Harden's got a lot to prove. I think Harden's a lot weirder than we give. Than I think he's a weirdo, but um, he's obviously could put the ball in the basket, and we'll see. I mean, him and Durant have obviously played together before. Yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't get it done with with them and Westbrook. Um, it, it's it's, it's interesting. He's out of the West now, right? So he doesn't right. have to deal with all that competition. They have played bef- together before, and as I, I think I, I texted you guys, one thing about KD is he is willing to defer. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, he went to how many games did uh, Golden State win? Seventy one or seventy two before he got there, mm-hmm. right? And you had uh, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry and KD, and KD was willing to defer as long as we're winning games. He said, "I don't have to always be the number one guy," even though he 
No. He was the no. number, you know, the best player on the team. I'll, ta- I'll tell argue, you. I'll tell you what, though. This might work. He might be willing to let Harden be Harden as long as they're winning. That's always Hard- a good thing. Durant will definitely let Harden be Harden. For Harden to win a championship, Harden has to let KD be KD. Harden yeah. has to look at himself and say, I might be one of the top three players in the NBA, five players in the NBA, but the second best player in the NBA is on my team. And I got to make sure I got the ball in his hand with the game on the line. Right. And that's where I think Harden, I don't know. I don't know where Harden's head is. He, he obviously he's at, he's, he looks out of shape. He does. Uh, yeah. He, 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 could he, give, he could he give two shits about the fucking rockets. It was just like, Here's a city I love, and they gave me a big contract, but nah, I don't like it anymore. So I'm just, you know, Who's I'm not better gonna... in Brooklyn. He'll yeah. be happy if you win, yeah. and they really? should win. I don't know, and they be... should win. Right. You know, I mean, well, it's... I mean, if, if 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 Kyrie comes back and actually, you know, what whatever was going on is done, and and his his mind's in the game, and he plays, uh, you know, as expected. Um, there should be no reason why they're not right there with anybody else in the East. Well, if, if it's a pressure... Well, they're issue. automatically the favorites in the East. Yeah, of if course, it's a pressure I mean, issue like... with Kyrie, then that has all been alleviated now. Right. He doesn't have to... He just has to bring the ball up and make the right pass now. That's it. You know? And uh, if that... I mean, who look, who, who knows what's going on with that guy? I, I hope it's nothing serious. I really do. I don't wish, obviously, don't wish any ill on, on the guy. I don't think anybody, any of us do. Um, but man, it's just, you know, I, I honestly, when it's frustrating, I, I can tell you what I and every other net fan said when we heard he was out for personal reasons and didn't tell anybody what was going on. We all said, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. It's Kyrie. It's Kyrie go show. Yeah. Um, but look, now they brought in Harden. And again, I, I don't think it was, <laughs> I don't think the message was, yeah, flake out if you need to Kyrie, we, we got your. You know, we found your replacement. Sure. Um, you know the. Well, I mean, it, 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 it's it's you know it's the it, I call it the big two and a half because you just don't know what you're going to get with Kyrie. I mean, Kyrie, right. you know what you're going to get if he plays. He's sometimes, but he wasn't necessarily a benefit to the talent around no, him in Boston. No, you can look back at really Cleveland before LeBron. Yeah, uh, came back. You know, and he was not affected. They were a better team without him. You could say he had, he had a great team. run. He had a great run the year Cleveland won the championship when LeBron. Yeah, came back. yeah. you could certainly say but, but, was but, but he, but he knew his place. But he knew his place, and he knew his yes. number two. He right, was he did, that's what I'm saying. He didn't have to carry anything, and you would think that would be the situation with the Nets. Right. But but Boston was better without him. And last season when he was hurt, this Nets team full of nobodies. Went to the playoffs. Granted, they didn't get anywhere, but they played better without him. So this because is a- because of their depth and and yeah. they, didn't, they didn't lose a lot in this. I think the Nets and the Rockets. I think all team all the teams did okay. Everybody, even the Pacers did yeah. okay with them. Yeah, um, Karis Levert goes to the Pacers. Yeah. So. Levert, Levert is obviously going to hurt them, but you know, yeah. um, I I Depot. I don't know why the Pacers were willing to get rid of him. I just don't. Again, it might just have been a chemistry thing, thing or money, a, yeah. money, money thing, and they were getting Levert back. You know, so um, but, they, got, um, they got a second round pick. I think they. Got yeah, I mean, look, the they got uh, the Cavs got what? Jared Allen, 
who was, you know, who was the big part of the team last year. Yeah, and he's look, he's a serviceable center, and they got uh, Torian Prince, who I think averages eight or nine points a game. So, you know, they got a few guys that can score. Look, it's without Dinwiddie and without Levert, it's, and without um, without uh, Allen, it's you know going to be a little bit tougher. But you're you're <laughs> you're not improving your defense with James Harden, but no, you're no, putting you're right. a lot. You're putting a lot more points on the scoreboard, right? And the right. West, the West is always going to be there. There's more. There's more nights off, in quotes, in the East where you know the Nets are playing Cleveland, or I mean, maybe not as much this year, but um, than there is in the West because even the West, when you get down to the, the eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh seed, you got to go into San Antonio and play a Spurs team that's sure. capable. You right. know, it, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot more wear and tear, and, and now. He's had people on his team before, but he's got a little bit more balanced help. Yeah, I mean, James Harden likes to bring the ball up. James Harden is – I wouldn't necessarily call him exclusively a shooting guard. I mean, he's kind of a point guard. But I wonder how much of that was because well, he, he doesn't trust – he didn't trust anybody else to do but it. But he had arguably two of the best point guards in the history of the NBA playing next to him, and, and he's still – was bringing the ball up the court. I mean, it, it, it'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I, I still think I want the ball in Durant's hand at the end of the game. What I think where this helps the Nets is that you can't collapse on Durant because now you got Harden sitting out there all alone. Yep. You know? And Harden hasn't had that ever because even with um, you know Russell Westbrook or uh, God, who's the other? Chris Paul, those guys don't have the shooting respect that Durant does. So right. you know, they could still collapse on Harden. So this, I think this is a good move. Obviously, I, the Nets are, are a lot better, and I think they put them squarely uh, as the favorites in the East. We're going to see if Harden can perform in the playoffs, though. Yeah, it'll be interesting. We didn't have much of a history of no. a good number. And, and, and I, I don't automatically write in the Lakers. I think the Clippers have something to prove this year, and I think it's going to be – I think the Clippers and the Lakers are going to battle it out a little bit more so than than people expect in the in the West. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, look, I I think it's a it's it's a good deal for the Nets. You gave up some young talent, but you kept the big three, and at least right. two of them will be on the court. And yeah, Harden obviously has to get in shape. Yeah, the fact that you're right though. The fact that Dinwiddie's out, and the, and then Levert and Allen are and out Levert there. Being, well, that's going to hurt their. That's going to hurt their depth. It's going to hurt their depth. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, the the Bucks after a, a kind of rough start are looking right back to where the Bucks are, and the Sixers look good. Yeah, yeah Sixers are looking strong. Still look good, but I, I I said it, and the Bucks, yeah, they bounce back. They're in they're in third right now. Uh, I mean, not that we're what two weeks into the three weeks into the uh, season. And the Raptors are two and eight. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, look, either KD or Harden can carry you for a game. Yeah, and the Knicks, uh, the Nets rather were struggling when Kyrie and KD were both out. Well, the the, the Nets so, need to that, get healthy. Uh, they need to get healthy, and they they got to yeah. stop. Yeah, that, right. That's going to be I mean, amplified now. Game with the loss three, and already there's load management. Come on, right? Come on. So, so one of those two is pretty much going to have to be on the floor right. at all times. And and that's one thing, Harden. Harden plays every game. He very rarely. Yeah. I mean, I don't. It does, I don't think I ever remember Harden being out for load management. Right. No. He, he shows up and he plays. Yeah. So. so well, uh, we'll see how it all. Uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. I, mean, the Knicks, I, I don't know if they're, they're maybe just a little bit of a rough patch. Uh, they're so they're, they're going to have growing. I mean, they lost four in a row. I mean, Barrett, I know, Barrett, but they're, they're so young. 
you know, you know up through last night up through last night the game with uh, uh last night's game uh Barrett was uh he was 0 for 5 from uh behind the arc and uh over the last 3 games he was uh 2 for 21 and uh yeah well, I, if if, if if he's not fans are thinking Barrett's going to be the man. I, no, I but he was playing mistake. better before that. This last yeah, three games, yeah, he or, yeah. So uh, you know, uh, you know what? Well, it's it's a long season. Well, it's not as long as normal, but it's, a, it's sometimes it's the stats are it, so. uh, a little misleading. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Knicks are obviously the the Knicks have to hold people under 105 points a game to win. Yeah. When they, you know the difference is really that 10 point swing of when they can really clamp down on the defensive side and Randall's putting his putting his numbers in my my concern with with the Knicks in general is that he's going with a six seven eight man rotation right now and the, these guys are putting in a lot of minutes yeah but Julius Randall has had one mediocre game and the rest of these games I mean he's, a, he's he's looking really good Barrett at 20 points tonight you can tell when the Knicks are having a good game when they're dominating on rebounds and they're and they have a ton of assists. Yeah. When the ball is moving, that's when the Knicks and that really comes down to, to Peyton. Yeah. Peyton is is and uh, you know Austin Rivers being back, I think is they're sort of playing two point guards at the same time right now because of the injuries that they've had. But uh, uh, you know Toppin, I guess played for a minute tonight, so he's he's back on his way back. Yeah, yeah, the guy, you know. Uh, I'm less concerned with Barrett. I think Barrett's a good second, third wheel and a good team. The the guy who's disappointing to me is is Kevin Knox. It just and Mitchell Robinson hasn't really had the the year this year so far that he's had last year. And so we'll see. Again, it's what we talked about when the, before the season started. They just don't have the right mix of players. You know, they looked. They looked uh, up up until this current losing streak. They looked actually looked like a team, even with Toppin uh, uh, out. Um, they looked like a team that was playing for each other, and all yeah. of a sudden they just started. Uh, you know, it was well. It was they played. They played teams that. I mean, the, the the Nets are a better team than them. They only won lost by seven. It was a. It was a. It was a. It was a good game. I don't. Sure. You know. Uh, you know they lost to the Nuggets. The Nuggets, much better team than the Knicks. Yeah. Um, you know, they beat a couple teams that they lost to the Thunder, which was kind of predictable after the winning streak that they had. You know, the only team that they really got blown out by, well, I guess they kind of got blown out by Charlotte. Charlotte too, yeah, which, that, that was a game where they just didn't play. Right. Um, they weren't even we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, they're what are they, five and seven now the Knicks? Five and seven, yeah. So. I, I, if you're if, around 500, you're happy if you're a Knicks fan. Oh, right? you're ecstatic. You're well, like you said they they uh, you know what I mean this this time last week we were talking about the fact that they won four games at that point right and 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 they've only won one since this time last week so whatever yeah. but but again last year it took them twenty two games to win four games you know I they, mean how many how, they won he, four is, games in seven is the games NBA playing a full eighty two game season no no what are they Six, playing sixty sixty one sixty two something yeah. like that yeah something I mean like if, if the Knicks yeah if they end up within Six games of five hundred. Yeah, if they, I was going to say, they're pretty happy, right? If they're five or six games under, I don't think they. I don't think they'll get that close. But I think the Knicks will win about twenty five games. Okay. If they're if they're if they're close to so five hundred, they're, they're ten games under. Yeah, so the, I think they'll be about ten games under. Still an improvement over the last several yeah. years. So, so. incredible. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
couple other uh, mentions really quick. Uh, not that we'll get into it, but uh, NHL season starts. Uh, Rangers start tomorrow. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll have minimal talk, but we'll have some uh, I, uh, some uh, uh, hockey uh, chatter, if you will, and uh, nothing really uh, um, new. Uh, Let's go Islanders. There you go. This is Sorry. the only time I go out to the island to root for a team. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I hate them. There you go. <laughs> I hate but, the Islanders. So, between hey, look, the, the av- I think the Avalanche are going to be all right this year. Yeah, yeah, that's a, it. Should be uh, it should be an interesting year. Actually, I think they're playing tonight, right? Are they? Uh, some st- some teams started today. Some teams yeah, are starting five tomorrow. Games tonight. I think the Avalanche are playing. Yeah, tonight. They yeah. were all uh, like rivalry. Like uh, it was, um, was it like Flyers Penguins or yeah, the, they're the, all like heavy duty rivalry games. Well, the the, the Rangers are playing. Uh, the first two games are. At home against the Islanders, uh, and yeah. uh, and uh, tomorrow night and Saturday night. So, yeah, yeah. They uh, uh, the Avalanche play St. Louis in about uh, well, it's just started. There so. you go. There you go. So should be interesting. So we'll uh, we'll yeah. The Ra- I mean, the Rangers have to be better, right? Oh yeah. I mean, but between Shosturkin and Goal and, and and everybody else, and they got the uh, the first first overall draft pick is you know he's playing. Um, yeah, there you go, uh, Alexi Lafreniere. Um, oh man, when the games get going, we're going to really be in trouble. I'm telling we're you, we're going to be here for four hours. <laughs> well, uh, football will be done by then, so sure, uh, it'll just sure be baseball, will. and and we're the still going to find a way to talk. About we'll have a well, we'll have a very we'll have 37 top five movies, and uh, or or whatever top five I mean, cocktails pod, to drink while podcast, watching the NHL podcast after the Super Bowl. We'll still we'll only do an hour and a half of football. <laughs> Just we'll cut we'll cut it down a bit. Yes, <laughs> trim it trim it back. Speaking of uh, hockey and uh, give, giving a little bit of a plug to my local team here, Pierre Lacroix, who was the uh, the guy who really formed the Avalanche Stanley Cup championships, died uh, in December, which I didn't realize until a couple weeks ago. Um, but yeah, he was uh, he's the guy who. Uh, who brought Patrick Waugh here and uh, yeah. Joe Sackick, Ray Bork, Rob Blake. I mean, those, uh, you know, it's not on your guys' radar, but uh, those Avalanche teams, man, some of those battles they had with the Red Wings were just those incredible. Were, that, that was they a were, great team. They were great. They were absolutely well, great. Try being you know? a Devils fan in, in Denver when they played them in the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, that, that, that wasn't easy. I'm sure it wasn't. Well, as, as, all right, so listen, that's another connection. We have two two Devils fans. There you go. The well, the connect here. the connection we have is that uh, the New Jersey Devils were the Colorado Rockies. Yes, they were of yes, the NHL, did. and they came in and uh, who is the who is the starting goaltender for the for the Rockies in the first uh, and the and the I think this is true. Yes, it's true. Glenn Chico Rich. There you go. Didn't we meet him once, John? We met we met him down uh, yeah. we were kids down in. Uh, uh, Comcast. Uh, I feel like I remember him being like five foot four and looking like he should be selling hot dogs out of a, a JJ's. On uh, no, that, that's what he was doing there. He was selling was a, the hot dogs. We just uh, met him there, yeah. and he pretended to be the the keeper. Yeah. The keeper, yeah, yeah. yeah. Glenn, Glenn Chico Resch. The keeper. <laughs> All right, so we'll have more hockey next week. We'll have more hockey next yeah. week. There you go. God, I got to learn about hockey. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Is that All the right. one they play on the ice? That's the it one is. I play on the on the ice, unless it's on Ladies the street. Unless it's just, not. <laughs> just wait till mid February when we have the top ten Zamboni drivers of all time. <laughs> Actually, we're going to have a Zamboni driver on the show. 
Uh, uh, that'll probably be easier than getting anybody else. Yeah, I, I, uh, I know one, so we'll get him on. But do you uh, really know a Zamboni? I know driver? a Zamboni driver for the Islanders. Yes, I do. Wow. <laughs> actually, a former Zamboni driver for the uh, uh, the head Zamboni driver for the Devils, and now the head Zamboni driver for the uh, Islanders. Quick story: I went to an Islanders game in Brooklyn, uh, and uh, I knew he was he was working that day, and I went with uh, um, uh, my cousin, and my cousin didn't know that I knew the guy or whatever, and I said to him, I said, I bet you. The next beer that I can get the Zamboni it was towards the end of the first period. I says, I'll bet you the, ne- the next beer that I can get the Zamboni driver to wave to me. And he said, you got it. And I was texting this guy, Al. So I texted him. I says, he came around. And he asked me where I was sitting. I told him. And I stood up and I just gave one wave. And he stopped the Zamboni in the middle of the ice and stood up and started waving to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive. However, what so, I really want to see is you driving the Zamboni. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll have to do that. <laughs> to I'm, sure, there's, work on I'm that. sure there's union rules involved with that. Probably. Yeah. The rules so, are meant to be broken. A uh, couple of a uh, couple of things we'll uh, we'll wrap up with uh, just NCAA. Uh, congratulations to Nick Saban winning his seventh national championship. Damn Alabama! He, he won the first one with LSU, and then in '03, and then '09, '11, '12, '15, '17, and this year he won with uh, Alabama. Amazing! Past Bear Bryant, he's now the winningest national championship. Uh, head coach. I mean, between Bear Bryant and, and Nick Saban, I mean, is 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 it? We have to think of Alabama football as maybe the most dominant sports franchise of all time. I know they're not a professional franchise, but but sports franchise, yeah. Has there ever been Alabama football is just incredible? Yeah, insane, insanely incredible. Yeah, absolutely, and easy to hate. (laughs) This is true. This is true. Well, congrats to Nick Saban. Uh, Good job with that. And then on a somber note, as uh, Pete mentioned before, uh, Tommy Lasorda uh, passed away. was he uh, not? Was he ninety three? Something like that, yeah. Ninety three, yeah. yeah. He had a good run. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, hey, you know what, uh, Mister Dodger, Mike Piazza. Um, you know, he, he posted a couple things for him. He, he was his uh, Tommy Lasorda was his brother's godfather, his father's best friend. Um, and you know, if it wasn't for Tommy Lasorda, he would have never been drafted. And here he is in the Hall of Fame. He was know, his so. brother's best friend's godfather's <laughs> mother's Zamboni driver, second roommate, right? <laughs> Zamboni driver, right? <laughs> But uh, I actually uh, was in San Francisco once in a uh, uh, standing hotel and eating breakfast in the restaurant downstairs at the table right next to me, sitting a foot away from me was Tommy Lasorda. And, you know, I I said hello to him and he said hello to me back and, you know, shook hands. You know, uh, great to meet you. That was not the extent of it, but it was cool to meet him like that. So, yeah, that was a a while ago, but uh, in the 80s. But um, in any event, yeah, sorry, uh, you know. Uh, condolences to the family. Uh, what a great man he was. So. I always remember one moment of uh, him managing. Uh, I, I, I think it was a playoff series or something. I forget who it was against, but uh, he was trying to figure out they were doing double switches, and he was making a bunch of moves. And the umpire kind of walks over to the dugout, and uh, he's like, "You got to, you got to send up a batter," you know. Yeah. And, and Tommy's got like a like a paper and pencil. He looks up at the umpire and he's like, I'm trying to figure it out right now. You know? <laughs> and I was like, God, that's gotta be incredibly complicated. If Tommy Lasorda sort of is struggling with, with it. what is the, you know, <laughs> what is this move? And then the next move and the next move. Oh, in yeah. the national league, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. But I always remember like thinking, I don't think anybody really understands it. I think they just yeah. do it. And you're like, okay, no, it's going to be yeah, a- the, the umpire going, come on, we need a batter. And he's like, I'm, cause I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. Well, it's going to be an inevitable thing of the past uh, soon, soon enough. So, 
Well, yeah, know, bring in the DH. With and then, the DH, and, uh, and there you go. That'll yeah. further... Uh, um, so the, the National League is bringing in the DH? Well, we don't <laughs> know for sure, which I think is one of the... Like how do you know, how do you not know? You're Rob Manfred hasn't made up his mind Manfred yet. Manfred hasn't made up his mind. That's a he's doing a terrible disservice here. This is ridiculous. But I mean, it, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that this is the only year that's in question. Uh, by yeah. by next year, twenty twenty two, it will be uh, in uh, across the board uh, in both leagues. But yeah, I don't uh, have to hear this damn National League fan <laughs> saying, "Oh, that's not real baseball." <clears throat> well, it it wasn't well, before. We're still going right? to say it. Was it nineteen seventy four? The American League adopted it. So I mean, you know, before that, it was uh, it was across the board uh, in both leagues. There was no such thing as a designated hitter. So, yeah. but I'll tell you what, it, it was an experiment that uh, you know, unfortunately, has taken on a life of its own. This is true. This is true. And you I'm, know, I'm, like, okay. I'm okay with it. it. It, you know what? Even right now for the Mets, uh, you know, looking at it like that, it actually does help them because you know the yeah. whole Pete Alonso. Uh, uh, um, uh, Dominic Smith uh, issue right there. You got yeah. one of us going to play first, and the other one's going to DH. Done, you know. And there you go. Well, all right, that'll wrap up this show for today. I think uh, uh, I think we've uh, we can both we can all agree that Enough. it's about time. It's yeah. almost uh, Thursday out here. I know. <laughs> we want to thank uh, we want to thank everyone for watching, and for those of you listening to the audio podcast, thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit our website www.logroom.com. That's l a g e r r o o m dot com. And remember. Like us and follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. All of them are at The Logger Room. Remember, we go live with a video podcast on both Facebook and YouTube every Wednesday at 7 o'clock. And for those of you that want to just listen to the audio podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to one or more of those feeds and you will never miss a show. Again, thanks for following along with us. Have a great rest of the week. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the four amazing football games that hopefully we have in store for us this weekend and uh of course the uh nhl season starting up and the basketball still playing a lot of good sports on right now folks enjoy them all and we will talk to you soon take care folks cheers jimmy wake up it's over throws